Smart politics for stupid times. Welcome to the unprecedented podcast with John Aravosis and Cliff Schechter. Welcome back, everybody. I've got to look at the date here. Thursday, December 3rd. John Aravosis here with Cliff Schechter and Dana Beyer. And uh, let me tell you a little about Dana. I've known Dana, I guess we probably met, I don't know, was it 10 years ago, probably? Or no, no, it's, we're pushing 15, 17. Yeah, come on, John. Um, Jesus, be honest. We're but, all uh, older. That's I know. Uh, turn Dana, of the century. Turn of the millennium. Turn of the century. There you go. Oh, God. Dana and I are turn of the century activists. No, Dana's um, an American transgender rights advocate, uh, the former executive director of Gender Rights Maryland, a civil rights and advocacy organization serving Maryland's transgender community. She is also a transgender woman uh, and an MD, a retired surgeon, served on- Sat uh, on lots of boards. Come on, John, umteen, give me credit. Umteen LGBT boards. Uh, Dana, what else am I missing here? I'm a very proud grandmother of two. Woo. Oh, were you ever an astronaut too or no? No, I wanted to be an astronaut. You know this, New York. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. you know how that goes. I used to cut school repeatedly to watch the liftoffs of the Mercury program. And, you know, there were times, like for John Glenn's Freedom 7 liftoff, where they cancel it 10 times. My mother right. finally caught on to me and figured out that I wasn't, you know, seriously, fatally ill. <laughs> and that I should go back to school, but I still managed to stay home and watch the law. It's a good Ferris Bueller story. We appreciate it. There you go. So yeah. is this like a New York Jewish thing where you all have to grow up to be astronauts or what's the well, oh, no, I was because that was totally a because Dana has accomplished so much uh in, in various, you know, like You're all supposed to be boards. doctors. Dana did that. That's true. Well, and look, <laughs> we have we have the first US senator who has been a citizen of the universe, not just his state, uh, was just sworn in last John, night. John Glenn, John Glenn. What? Well, John, but Glenn John, John was up. John, that was after he was a senator. Now we have an active senator who has also spent a year in space out of you his. Know, oh, was he there quickly, for a year? I didn't remember. Yeah, I, was, I have to say quickly, John, because oh. because being in Ohio, I got to meet yep. John Glenn once, and he was everything. Yep. That you and and when they show the way they portrayed him in Hidden Figures as like the, the guy who wasn't racist and wanted to hear from the women right. was right. everything that that I saw here, you know. So from you and I, from our from the thing we always talk about about messaging, I'll just say in two <clears> seconds, <throat> yep. the biggest I think one of the biggest mistakes ever when he ran for president in '84, he ran on his Senate record. Right. He was a guy that had been in space, oh, right. been a fighter pilot. <laughs> Basically, his right. whole campaign in the primary against Mondale should have just been pictures of him in space and in a fighter pilot uniform, yeah, yeah, yeah. and he would yeah. have won. But yeah. neither here yeah. nor there. Dukak- Let's continue. Well, Dukakis learned that lesson for himself yeah. three years later. He sure did. <laughs> and now a word from our sponsors. This is the Black Friday special for the holiday season. Just for our listeners, the Clean Phone, the top brand in UV sanitizing, is now offering their top-rated, top-selling, best-reviewed wand product at 50% off and free two-day shipping. The Clean Phone wand is a handheld UV sanitizer that helps you eliminate 99.9% of bacteria and kill viruses in seconds on virtually any surface. It uses the same proven sanitizing technology employed by hospitals. Use it on packages, groceries, keyboards, tablets, money. Take it with you everywhere at 50% off and free two-day shipping for a limited time. It's the perfect gift for anyone who needs it. It's super portable, and with the days of battery life, you can take it anywhere and make sure your environment is clean and safe. COVID cases are on the rise. Go to thenewdealshop.com. That's thenewdealshop.com. This is an early Black Friday special, so don't miss it. Go to thenewdealshop.com right now. And now back to our show. 
Well, okay. So let me, let me just precursor why we're here today. So Dana and I have known each other a long time. Um, Dana, want, uh, well, I'm not sure where to start here. I guess I still want to sort of prep the audience. So what I was hoping today would be, and we'll see where it goes. I wanted to have, I told Dana, almost like transgender 101 discussion, but then we can also get to transgender 301 discussion too, um, which for you foreign people, that means beginning level college course in America. Um, because I think it reminds me of working on gay issues 20 years ago, where I always used to have the stupid discussions with people and I used to welcome them and I still do. As long as people's hearts were in the right place, I wanted them to ask me the dumb questions because otherwise they weren't learning. And I feel like on trans issues and frankly, every issue I've ever worked on, especially now with social media, I think you get beaten up a lot when you ask the dumb questions. And I think people need to ask the dumb questions so they learn. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I, I think we've seen the culture has changed. The sort of sensitivity, the fragility of people on many, many issues has really been ramped up. Right. So that whereas in the past, it was sort of questionable. And, you know, we, we talked about this earlier. There's context. You do not walk up to somebody on the street and grab their groin and say, what are your genitalia like? Which some people want. To are you trans? People, right? Are well, that's, trans? Just, that's just a Donald Trump move to everybody. Yeah, that's true. Now, that would be. Yeah. Uh, there you go. So that's been normalized in a way. So in that case, then yes, no, that's absolutely offensive. But when you're trying to teach people, you should be open to answering any questions. And I have been doing this for a long time. And I always say at the get go. There is no question that is too stupid because there is so much ignorance on this. We yep. don't teach this in high school biology. We don't teach this in college biology. Yep. We barely even touch it in medical school biology. So yep. you cannot assume people know anything. Yep. And, when and I would add just quickly, just yep. because of discrimination in the past, John, I think, made an apt comparison to gay rights 20 years ago, is that even if you're somebody who's liberal, even if you're somebody or whatever way you want to describe it, but who's pro everyone's rights and, you know, and, you know, is not someone who judges and is not someone who's discriminatory. You just may not know many people, you know, I mean, and that's, and that's the thing is that I, I wish I had more transgender friends. I want more friends of every group of every, but I don't have many. And that, for that reason, there's, there's, you know, there's a lot, I don't know. You know, right. so well, let, let's start with simply the numbers. There's a reason why you don't have many. It's not because you're transphobic is because we make up 0.6% of the US population, right. and probably the global population. So it's really hard to get to know somebody. Now we see as more people come out, as the culture has changed, as our rights have, have been growing, you know, the Bostock decision, we can talk about that. I mean, it's a lot easier to come out now and be out there and be approached by people, or maybe even just in your, I don't know, your house of worship or your supermarket or something it's less uncomfortable to come out and say hi you know and then eventually the discussion right. gets to that when when i speak to chambers of commerce for instance which we just had one here for the maryland lgbt uh, chamber I, I say you know if you really want to be accepted you bring your skills your experience your your knowledge to whatever job you're trying to do nonprofit profit corporate whatever then you leave your identity at the door you do your job, and once you start doing your job, people recognize the value that you bring, and then you can discuss your identity. You can discuss who your partner is and what your children are like, but you don't come in and say, I want you to hire me because you know I'm a great parent and I've got two lovely kids, so hire me. You don't do that. You don't say, I'm gay, you need to hire me, and that leads right. to the whole identity politics thing and affirmative action, and we really shouldn't have to be there, but you know we are, so we have to right. be there. 
Okay. So that's cool. That's helpful, jump, by the way. I thought you were going to jump no. in. I wasn't sure. Um, so, Dana, you, from what I was reading of your bio, you came out to your parents at age 11? Well, seven, actually seven, but then they sort of, you know, buried it. And then, and as a seven-year-old, what could I explain? It was hard to explain it to right. them, so they could ignore it. You know, it was a Can fake, I ask that right? dumb question as part of this? I mean, along the lines, because it fits yeah. in with what you're saying, which is, was seven when you first felt you knew? That, that's my earliest memory. Well, actually, okay. I have a memory when I was six where I wanted to strangle my brother in his crib. But no, uh, other than uh, that, I don't remember. <laughs> yeah. I don't remember anything before that. So my earliest memory now that's clear that I know is a memory and it's not, you know, from watching home videos or stuff that sort of right. imposed on me was when I was seven and I would realize I watched a, I was watching TV when we had, you know, like three channels and WPIX and yeah, yeah. WOR in New York. Hit the side of the TV to get it to work. Yeah. That's right. You know, you had to. Oh, yeah. We all remember those things, right? You yourself and get you up know, and walk over to the four TV. channels and, you, and all you yeah. had to sit there with the damn thing, like adjusting it and putting it out the window. Uh, the well, you know, you children were their parents' remote, right? The father would say, get up and get the <laughs> right, hold it. Yeah, right. <laughs> so, I remember that. <laughs> you, you got your exercise doing that. And I was watching a commercial about for Breck shampoo. And Breck used the typical Aryan type of girl with blonde hair and blue eyes. And I went, damn, that's me. I, I, that's, isn't that who I am? And then I look in the mirror and I go, no. So something's a little wrong here. But I came out when I was 11. And they threatened to have me institutionalized. Well, can in, I just tell I you, I don't want to, I, well, I, I was going to say, I'm going to hit, Cliss. I don't want to out your age, but this is the early 1960s you're talking about. Right, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm 68. And, I mean, that's, so, but that's well, amazing when you think, it's hard enough, I suspect, to come out now as trans or gay. I came out in the 1990s as gay, that was hard. I can't even imagine the 1960s. Well, and I will, well, I'd, like, I'd like to spin this positively. I, I consider myself extremely privileged to have lived through basically the entirety of the LGBT rights movement. I mean, I wasn't there yep. when Frank Kameny was carrying a picket right. in front of the White House. So I acknowledge that, but I was downtown in Greenwich Village on June 29th, 1969. So I was at the Stonewall Uprising, inadvertently, but I was still there. And so <laughs> I've lived, like, what the well, hell? there are a bunch of us, actually. Hey, listen, you guys, you guys think they're courageous. I came out as Jewish in rural parts of Ohio. Try well, that. well, I did that too in Mississippi. So <laughs> no, that's right. I'm, Mississippi. I'm, I, I just had to, I had to make a joke, but I, I want right. to ask you this so, seriously. So for me, coming out on a regular basis is sort of normal. And those of us who are minorities and minorities and minorities and minorities have to do it all the time. And one of the beauties of America, at least if you're not black, is that you can do that and still build a life, right? Without having to deal with oppression every single day. You don't wake up and look in the mirror and go, oh my God, I'm a black American and I, God knows what's gonna happen to me today. Now, now I say that not because we're gonna talk about that, but because as a child, I always got up, went to wash my face and brush my teeth, looked in the mirror and say, that's not who I am. Hmm. Right. That was the can, can the I ask you quickly? Can I ask you quickly about yeah. that? Because again, I'm sorry, but here's the, the dumb questions that well, I want to know. Well, you're the one who's is, asking dumb questions, right? That's your. That's role. my role today. I don't know. I, uh, well, you came out. You said you first knew at seven, uh, or at least you first said that's me at seven, and yeah. then you, you you jumped to eleven, which is fine. But I'm wondering if those four years were there a lot of other times like that where you were put in situations like you know you're you're separated boys and girls, you're put on 
the boys team in yes. recess and you felt like that's the wrong place. Yes, I mean, I did my nails once and tried to go to school. My father caught me, caught me and whipped me, <laughs> yep. and, you know, stuff like that. So, so a lot of that kind of, you were dealing with this over four years. It, it was, uh, you know, I hate to use the word an obsession because, you know, the, today OCD is a different kind of thing, but it was always present in my mind. I would have to compartmentalize it in order to get on with my life. Now, there is an advantage to that. Because when something is taking control of your interests, of, of what you're looking at, what you're thinking about, and you learn how to then compartmentalize it, you can really focus on what you need to do. And in my case, that was schooling. I went to school for 10 hours a day in a Jewish day school called the yeshiva. And so I, I got a much better education because maybe because I was trans and was able to focus my attention on what I needed to do to make create a right. life for myself. So... You know, again, being resilient is probably the most important thing for any gay or, or trans people, trans person, because it allows you to make the most of your life. You only have one, and then you go ahead and do what you can. Because of what I went through when I was a kid, I remember when I was driving back, I was taking my kids to visit my old neighborhood in Queens, and we drove by Long Island Jewish Hospital, which is where my parents threatened to take me to a psychiatrist to, you know, get the devil out of me or whatever it was people said in those days. And they had a gender clinic there when we drove by. And I started crying because that was my goal as an activist or just simply as a human being. I didn't want any child to go through the misery that I did. And this is relevant because two days ago, the United Kingdom High Court ruled that 16-year-olds weren't cognitively advanced enough to give informed consent for gender therapy, for any kind of hormonal or sort of, I mean, you don't operate on 16-year-olds except in very rare exceptions. So for hormonal therapy, and so they're telling a 16-year-old, you can't understand yourself well enough. I knew when I was seven. I certainly knew much better when I was 11, and nobody was going to tell me. Now, it's important to make this statement because I've run into this multiple times. People would often ask, well, how, what do you mean you knew you were a girl? Well, I wanted, and I want to keep going, but I wanted to ask you more about that. Right. I mean, how do you know? Well, you, it's not an emotion. It's not a feeling. It's embedded in who you are. You're wired that way. I mean, I, I think, and I've studied enough philosophy, you know, people talk about the ego and being, or Heidegger called it Dasein and stuff, that your sense of your I, the, you know, capital right. I, right. that's the core of who we are as individuals. But right above that, if you were thinking of this sort of as an onion, the next layer is your sex. You just know it. I mean, and we've discovered through research for decades that human beings understand their gender identity between ages three and four in most cases. Hmm. Right, not always. Some kids I know, I, I dated somebody who said she knew when she was two. And somebody else, and I helped run support groups, say, well, I didn't really know until I was 15 or whatever, until after puberty. But for the most part, most human beings develop a sense of their brain sex, which we call gender identity, between three and four. So it's not at all surprising right. that that would happen. Right. And give, But it's not a feeling, it's not an emotion. I mean, this happens to everybody. You just looked in the mirror and you saw a boy and everybody was calling you boy and Cliff or John or whatever. And that all made sense. And it was seamless. And it was the default. That's like I mentioned, black person looking in the mirror. That's not the default American, right? You're not white. So you have to deal with it. If a boy's looking in the mirror, somebody raised as a boy, assigned male at birth is the phrase right. we use now, and looks in the mirror and goes, but I'm a girl. 
there's an incongruence there. There's that sort of cognitive dissonance and you live with that your entire life. We call that gender dysphoria now. That's how you fill it out if you go into a therapist and stuff. That's basically what being trans is about. Now I do wanna say, cause you wanted to do trans 101, the consensus in the medical community in the scientific community is that trans is a form of intersex. And so this is where we get into really? the difference between sex and gender. Well, by definition, it is. And science works hmm. on definitions. You have to be very precise. Okay, you you stop, stop a second. Define intersex then, because I always thought intersex meant hermaphrodite. Or right, right. Well, hermaphrodite, so what is intersex then? Hermaphrodite is as archaic a term as, say, transvestite is, okay. right? Okay. So hermaphrodites refer to, going back to biblical times, to people with both testes and ovaries. Okay. Very, very rare, that kind of true hermaphrodite. Okay. Right. And they're all the pseudo-hermaphrodites, which are basically all the intersex conditions. Hmm. These are chromosomal variations, genetic variations, uh, in what are called inborn errors of metabolism, that roughly, and it's very- Klinefelters and all that kind of stuff? Klinefelters, right. Klinefelters is, is the most common chromosomal intersex variation. That, okay, that's intersex, I did not know, okay. And, and actually, believe it or not, and I got into a little Twitter debate with somebody over this yesterday, uh, quite a number of Kleinfelters are raised as boys and generally develop in, in a male pattern, but there are a whole bunch of them. Not that there are many Kleinfelters people. It's right. one out of 500 to one out of 800. You know, it's, live a, births. Tell people but it's, it's an extra X, chromosome, right? Extra X chromosome, it's okay. XXY. So, okay. But one of those X's is inactivated. So this is why okay. you can live oh, so a So double life. XY, like when we learned about double Y, you know, those are the ones that are more likely to show up at a hockey rink and punch someone in the face kind of thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, you can't just be double Y. You, that, that fetus. Well, I meant double Y X. X there was an extra X Y Y, right. Right. Yeah. That's what I meant. An extra right. Y chromosome. We always learned about there. You know, right. But, you I'm know, and to... I hate to say this to men, but the Y chromosome is really puny and it's been falling apart over the past, you know, a couple of million years and it's probably not going to last. So I don't know. But Listen, the... say what you want to men. We, you know, as a group, we've fucked everything up the last, you know, thousand, well, you know. 10,000 years. So really say all you'd like. Okay, hey, so maybe- Margaret Thatcher, Margaret Thatcher. Right, maybe the SRY gene- John finds the exception, of course. The, the SRY gene, which is on Ivanka. the- <laughs> Okay, what? John, be quiet and let Dana speak. Sorry, go on, Dana. Go on, Dana. The, the SRY gene, which is on the uh, Y chromosome, will probably jump to some other chromosome and you'll still exist. Mm -hmm. But maybe that'll simply mute the worst characteristics of men. I, I don't know. But so you've got all those chromosomal variations and right. depending on who you ask, roughly anywhere from, I guess, one to 3% of live births are considered intersex. And all intersex means it's not the pure male or female pattern. Now it's important to understand sex is not what most people think when I talk to them, they think sex means penetrative copulation. Okay. I mean, this is what people think sex is. Right. It's even today, right? You go into any group of people and ask, define sex for me, and nine out of 10 will say it's about that. It's not about that. It's about chromosomes and genes and the, the dance in time of the way the genes are developing in, in utero and all of that. It's about genitals and gonads. It's about hormones and hormone receptors. It's about secondary sex characteristics. And most importantly, in human beings, it's about brain sex. And we all have a brain sex, and it appears to be binary. 
I hate to say that. I know it infuriates a lot of trans people and particularly non-binary people, but non-binary is a gender thing and intersex is a sex thing and we all have a brain sex. And even intersex people generally know that they are either male or female. Even if there is some conflict in some secondary sex characteristic or in their genitals, maybe their testes have not descended into the scrotum. They're still up in the in the groin, things like that. That's intersex. And now a word from our sponsors. The holiday season is one time of year we all get to indulge in our favorite traditions and feel like a kid again. No matter what you celebrate, everybody shares in the spirit of giving, whether it's giving gifts to our favorite people or spreading cheer to everybody around you. This year, Give yourself and the ones you love an opportunity to look as young as the season makes you feel, John, with Plexiderm. Plexiderm is a clinically studied serum that gives your appearance the right kind of changes. Visibly reduces wrinkles, fine lines, and even under eye bags in minutes. Plexiderm even works on laugh lines, number 11s, and crow's feet. Take up to 10 years off your appearance in less than 10 minutes. The results will last for hours, so you can relax, surrounded by loved ones, knowing you're always looking your best. Even better, Plexiderm doesn't involve any visits to a surgeon, and it's cheaper than a round of hot cocos for you and the ones you love. You can try a six-application trial pack for just $14.95 with free shipping when you visit buyplx.com backslash sexyliberal or call 800-685-1292 and say the code sexyliberal. This order also comes with free shipping and a 30-day money-back guarantee. Make those wrinkles, fine lines, and under-eye bags disappear with Plexiderm. Visit buiplx.com backslash sexyliberal or call 800-685-1292 and say the code sexyliberal at checkout. And now back to our show. I've got to interrupt because I wanted to ask you something about this, and it's relevant with what you're saying right now. And I'm going to preface this by saying... My question almost reminds me of when we talk about gay issues. Years ago, Robin Tyler was on uh, Crossfire, I think. God bless Robin, you know, a longtime LGBT uh, lesbian activist out in California, amazing woman. And Robin, Robin Tyler. (laughs) <laughs> another, <laughs> another two. Um, Robin was Robin's amazing, but Robin, I think, was on Crossfire or no, she was on Hannity and Combs. That was it. And I think this was <laughs> this was the episode that I refused to go on because my mom made me swear I would never go on Hannity's show ever. Twenty years ago, I kid you not. So Robin goes on. They're talking about gay stuff, and some right wing homophobe is there with Hannity, and they're all debating Hannity Combs, right? And the homophobe says something about being gay being a choice because, you know, come on, I could do that stuff if I wanted to. I mean, I'd like to, but I don't because I choose not to. And Hannity goes, wait, 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 wait a minute, wait a minute. <laughs> and my, my point was that on sexual orientation, I'm guessing gender identity too, people always assume that their experience is the defining experience. So basically, this guy was admitting he was either bi or 60-40 gay straight. Right. Who is, it, who is this you're talking about, John? <laughs> I have to Google the transcript because I found it before. I mean, that's hilarious to me. I, was, well, I found, you know, that's my theory know, of, of conservatism in general, which is, yeah. the, you know, there's, there's unless whatever their experience has been, both if, if they lacked a negative experience, like, well, yeah. the police have never bothered me, right. or if it's right. a, you know, a, or, or it's a, a, a different type of experience where, like, I find these people attractive, so we better make laws so that you can't do anything because everybody else must right. be like me. And we're like, no, I, I don't. Oh, uh, you, right, right. you need to grapple with who, you know, and right. come to conclusions and, and that's as to who you are. Common, right? I right, mean, right. That, that's everybody on whatever issue you're talking about. And I do want to make- oh, Wait, Dana, wait, 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 stop. But I've got, but here's my question. I was prefacing it by saying, I hope I'm not saying something stupid that I'm ascribing my experience. I, uh, years ago, not too long ago, ran into an old friend and he had confided to me 
actually, you know, he had confided to me 20 years ago that he thought he might be trans, right? And, um, you know, I don't even know the language to use. He's a guy now, whatever the fuck language one uses for this, but he thinks he might be trans, uh, meaning he thinks he might be a woman. And it was really eating at him, but he wasn't gonna do anything about it. And I remember the discussion because, and I told him, and I still feel this way now, like I don't think about being a guy at all. It doesn't, it doesn't really register in my brain. Right, what that even, what, well, here's my question, but that's what I mean. Like it's gay and straight. I can at least say, well, okay, Cliff, do you want to sleep with girls or not? Or do you sometimes want to sleep with boys? Cause that means you might be 10% gay. Like I can, I can figure that out. But right. on the trans thing, I Women more than girls, John, if we're being honest. I know well, that, that's a gay, we, <laughs> we say boys and girls sometimes and we don't mean it. Um, but, but that's an issue I have on trans stuff is when it's explained to me, I sometimes feel like I don't even know how to gauge this because I don't think of myself in my head like, oh yes, I definitely prefer being a guy. I'm not a woman. It doesn't even register, but does it not register because the default kind of is what it is? Or, or do some men even in their head know their men kind of thing? You know, well, like if you're again, because the default is the vast majority of people, 99.4% of the population is cisgender to use the term which I helped uh, recoin back in 2003 and gotten a lot of crap from gay men who hate the word sissy and they yeah. think somehow they're homophonic. So therefore I'm being offensive to them by calling them cis gay men. Okay, you know who I'm speaking They're spelled of. differently. Is Probably the they're the spelled differently, there. but they sound the same. So it's a problem. Yeah. But it's simply, instead of saying non-trans, it just is a yeah, word. Yeah, yeah. I'm but an so, organic chemist and it makes sense. Yeah. But anyway, so I think it's important to note that It'd probably be very hard to go through life and not know that you had gay desires, right? As a Correct. man or a woman, Correct. right? It, but for, tr yeah. for being trans, I would say even today, probably the majority of trans people are deeply closeted, have never been out, have never told anybody, or maybe they just told right. a friend, mm -hmm. and that's it. You're still trans. You know, if your brain right. sex is female and your body is right. male and you're out in the world that way, you're still trans, but right. you're presenting as a man and you should be referred to as a man. And so that that's sort of a default. And we actually polled on that. When we first did the first national trans survey, right. we asked people who characterized themselves at the time as male cross-dressers. Used to be called transvestites in Germany. I remember that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was the term right. that was used. That's yeah. we don't do the German anymore. But they were male crossdressers, and we asked, "Well, do you think of yourself as men, or do you think of yourselves as women?" And 52% said they were trans women and would transition if they could, huh. if okay. their fine finances or their social circumstance or their family would allow them to do that. Right. And knowing many of these folks over decades, I would say that's probably pretty accurate. But some of them would say, no, I'm a man. I like having a penis. I like being a man. I just like dressing as a woman. So, you know, there are different types. But trans women and trans men know it's embedded in us that this is who we are and there's something wrong. So that old cliche, which a lot of kids don't like today, but still works. It's a bumper sticker slogan, but it works as a woman trapped in a man's body or vice versa. Right. It really is correct because your brain, right? Your mind is trapped in your brain, which is in your right. body, and it doesn't fit the skin that you have on and all of that. Right, right. That's And that's the reality. And there's no, everybody knows that if pushed to it. And I remember I used to do a thought experiment hmm. back during the, uh, the Iraq war 
And I would say to a room of men, so it's just imagine you're walking down the street in Baghdad and you step on an IED and you wake up in, in the uh, recovery room and you put your hands down on your groin and there's nothing there. There's just a hole where your junk used to be. Are you a man or a woman? And all the guys after squirming and sweating and everything like that would go, well, I, I'm a man. I mean, sure, of course I'm a man. I go, but you don't have a penis or, or a scrotum anymore. How can you be a man? Well, I just know. I said, well, I just knew to. And it's really that. It's actually a great way of putting yeah. it like, in terms of teaching people, right? Yeah. I mean, and it, and it take really away the works. physical. Right. Remember, ahead, we used to say, hmm. I mean, straight people used to say this. They go, sex ah. is between the years. It's not between the legs. And in a very profound way, when it comes to brain sex, that's true. Now, I am not saying that men have brain one and women have brain two and never the twain shall meet. Brains are far more heterogeneous and there's so much more overlap between the sexes. But there is a sexual dimorphism in human bodies and in the human brain when it comes to this foundational identity. That's what being trans is about. And it's intersex because by definition, you have one piece of your anatomy that is one sex and the other pieces that are the other sex. And there are all sorts of combinations. Now you mentioned Robin Tyler. I like Robin, she, you know, the kind of gruff, kind of old, old school lesbian. <laughs> now, the most common intersex condition is called congenital adrenal hyperplasia. And this affects both XYs and XXs, but it becomes an issue for XXs. These female fetuses are putting out much more male steroids, PEDs, you know, the old, the Mark McGuire, Roger Clemens, Barry Bonds kind of steroids that are impacting the fetus the female fetus, which develops with female anatomy, but it's on, it's being masculinized is the term that we use. And so these girls turn out to a large degree to be butch lesbians. And are you talking about when there's evidence when men use these, these, these uh, PEDs that, that, that they're offspring? No, no, not the, men, not the men who, who use it. And I'm a DES baby, and we can get into that later. That DES does have transgenerational effects, but it's only through the female who, with the ovary. So it's when a woman uses it. But when, a, when, use a, when, a, when a woman, no, she doesn't use it. So if you have the I'm genetic sorry, makeup with an internal, with an inborn error of metabolism, quote unquote, where the fetus, which is XX and would normally develop purely as a female, is exposed to higher levels of androstenedione and all the other drugs that you know the ballplayers used to use. But this right. is your adrenal gland pumping this stuff out. You become gotcha. masculinized. Then we we've done studies with rats and mice and all that. So we've seen this, and you've got a whole class. And I think a lot of lesbians are suffering from quote unquote congenital adrenal hyperplasia it's a very wide spectrum you can be off the spectrum and be a trans man or you right. could just have a little touch of it and be a little bit more aggressive or whatever but you're, I, these, I mean you're are you again i'll let you be the one to get in trouble here but basically are you sort of describing the condition of being butch basically like a butch well there lesbian? are I mean, some i'm saying the condition of being butch but not all butch lesbians have CAH. Nobody's okay. ever studied this. Okay. But when you read about it, when you study CAH, you go, oh, well, that must create a person who would have these attributes. Attributes, right. And you go, oh, I know a bunch of women like that. Right. And I put the two together. Now, nobody's ever done a survey. Nobody's ever studied them, right. taken right. blood or anything like that. So it's hard to tell. But it makes perfect sense. So for me, in my case, my mother took a drug called DES, diethylstilbestrol, in 1951 after she 
miscarried her first pregnancy. Back in 1948, two doctors at Harvard created this super estrogen, DES, in, in the hopes of preventing miscarriages. Because after the war, people, you know, the guys came back home, they wanted to start families, they were desperate to do it, and miscarriages became that much more painful to the family. So they came up with this drug in the hope of preventing miscarriage. It didn't work. They hadn't done the studies on it. When they finally did the studies, they showed it didn't work. They still used it anyway. And eventually 5 million women took this. Well, myself with a couple of other scientists proved that DES causes transsexualism. We knew that DES huh, causes homosexuality, but we learned that it causes transsexualism too. Is and transsexualism transgender now? I mean, what- Yeah, yeah, so I can go, we'll go into the language in a little but, bit. That was the important. old language. Yeah. Right, but we were originally called transsexual people. Okay. Uh, Magnus Hirschfeld in, in the teens, a hundred plus years ago, at uh, the Tiergarten in Berlin at the Institute for Sexual Science was the first guy to study this. Hmm. and. He, that was then passed on to Harry Benjamin, who came to New York and set up the first clinics for trans women. The term was transsexual back when John Money started the uh, work at Hopkins in 1966. And when Christine Jorgensen came back to the States in 1952, shortly after I was born, she was the blonde bombshell, the first publicly trans person in America. And she was called transsexual. But just the way you guys, you gay guys, decided to remove the sex from homosexuality right. in order to make gay people a little bit less frightening to right. others who, when they heard homosexual, were thinking of right. two guys copulating, we removed the sex from transsexualism, transsexuality, right. to do the same thing because everybody thought we were sex workers. It also it's sounds, it, well, it, it sounds very, you're right, I never had thought of the connection, but it sounds very clinical. My objection to homosexual, first of all, is studies show, God, during Don't Ask, Don't Tell, they were showing studies where the uh, polls, where gay would have 10% points higher for support for gays in the military than homosexuals in the military, right? That's I right. never quite thought about it from the sexual term. I always, the word always hit me as being very clinical, like a disease, but you're right. Transsexual, actually transsexual sounds even more sexualized in my head. Yeah. Right, right. But that's, trans why, doesn't that's why our adversaries continue to use them. They don't talk yeah. about the gay community. They still talk about the homosexual yeah. community, right? It's yeah. true. Yeah. And so we went to transgender. Now, transgender, interestingly, a little bit of, you know, factoid from the 80s, uh, a woman named Virginia Prince was a male crossdresser, and she decided, well, I need to distinguish myself from all those transsexual people who want to change their sex right. surgically and hormonally. And so she coined the term transgender to just cover male trans, male crossdressers. And eventually in the 90s, when trans became a national movement with transsexual menace and intact, we sort of got under, we, we agreed that, you know, maybe we'll all be transgender and we can live together. And we did, it was right. never easy. There were always battles, just the way there've been battles in the gay community between twinks <laughs> and hairs and leather and all that stuff. But so the trans umbrella started growing and kept growing and drag queens and drag kings any sexual minority that had a gender variant presentation became sort of trans. Right. That stuff matters. And I want to point out why language matters particularly. So I've been involved with WPATH, which is the World Professional Association for Trans Health. There are a lot of doctors, a lot of scientists who have been involved in this for, for years. I think it was formed in 1979, named after Harry Benjamin, that physician I told you who had learned with Magnus Hirschfeld. By the way, Magnus, Hirsch, Magnus Hirschfeld's archives of the Institute of Sexual Science were burned in a book burning by the Nazis in 1930. Hmm. So I would just say that uh, trans lawyers should not 
lend themselves to uh, supporting book burnings, even of horrendous right-wing tracks about trans people. There's an irony there that should not go unnoticed. But anyway, uh, the work that was done in 1966, when John Money set up, set up the Hopkins program, the Sexual Behavioral Consultation Unit, which then led to one general reconstruction a month for about 10 years. It's not a lot of people, mind you, 12 times 10, 120. I got to know some of those women. I even went for an intake evaluation in 1972 and ran away totally frightened because they thought being trans was about being penetrated by a penis. That's all they thought trans women wanted in those days. Now, the clinic started to grow, though, because there was this interest in the 60s. It was sort of a thing with, you know, women's rights and civil rights and anti-war and all of that. And these clinics were formed. And parents, when they heard about this, would send their very femme boys into these clinics. They didn't care about tomboys. The girls didn't matter, right? Still don't matter to a large degree. But if your boy was acting in a feminine way, you wanted to send that kid to a shrink. Uh, Jewish parents usually wouldn't because they were more afraid of being associated with sending their kids to a shrink than what the, whatever the problem was. But Cliff laughs at that. That was true for my parents. They didn't want anybody to know, not because there was something weird about gender that was like a shrink. My child doesn't need a shrink anyway. So even though most of the shrinks were Jewish. So you could do a whole Seinfeld episode on it. <laughs> that's right. This, <laughs> this is great. And maybe we should at some point, you know, transparent should have had something like that in it. So. Right. So most of the kids who were sent to therapy and whose numbers had been added into the literature on this so that when the stuff was published by the psychologists and the psychiatrists who were doing this work, you that's where you get, and you've probably heard this, the desistance number, 80% desistance. I've not heard you, that actually. You haven't? Mm-mm. No. Oh, okay. Well, this is what's thrown out by the right wing. They're getting smarter. They're using medical terms. They created a disease called rapid onset gender dysphoria oh. to describe oh, parents whose kids come out to them and they go, wow, what a surprise. When did that happen? That must have happened overnight. You know, it must be a virus or a social contagion. It's a but, virus. Yeah, this is what my parents Can thought. you wear a mask and prevent it? I heard <laughs> those don't work yeah. on anything. They, they, they don't work at all. You shouldn't even bother to do that. Don't waste your time. Right. So, okay. you know, though they did that, and the studies came out and showed that 80% of these femme boys desisted from thinking of themselves as girls or from dressing as girls or identifying as girls and stuff like that. And only 5% of them persisted. So okay. desisted ah, okay. persisted. Okay. But what they never did is they never distinguished proto-gay boys from trans girls. Uh, okay, this is, this is funny. And, and, and I kind of... In a minute, I want to get back to general topics because this is good, but this is almost going to get too nerdy for people. But go because that was an interesting thing you just said. Because some of what you're describing as a gay man, I'm kind of going, well, but some of what you're describing has been my experience as a gay man. So are are not you, but is one trying to argue nowadays, for example, that gay men are on the spectrum of trans? That no, 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 no. But I mean, but I mean, I mean, is that enough? Because I almost think like you know the way I asked this too. Actually, there was a. Uh, a guy working for Google uh, doing like public outreach and they did, they on, must've been pride or something. They sent like a profiles of six Google LGBT employees. Right. And they do that. If you see that. And one of them, his claim to fame as being LGBT was being non-binary. Right. But his description was something to the effect of, you know, 
I'm a guy, but I've never felt totally comfortable with guys. I've always been kind of more femmy and into girl stuff, but I don't think of myself as a girl, but I never fit in with guys. And I'm reading this going, dude, you're fucking gay. <laughs> like, I mean, <laughs> but, but I mean, what, what bothered me was his definition of non-binary was the definition of gay. It wasn't what you're saying about trans, for example, where you're like, no, no, no. I looked in the mirror. This was the wrong person. Right. It's, but in any case, it's sort of, but you got me thinking on the trans thing, you almost were veering towards describing what gay is there saying, yes, I'm, as I'll put on the guy side, right. I've certainly have some feminine characteristics and a lot of gay men do actually, a lot of gay men. Right, my mom, my, mom, my right. mom noticed this when she first came out to DC to, after I'd come out to her and came out here and was like meeting my friends and she'd go, there's something very sweet and kind about them in their face, their mannerism. She noticed in everybody, there was something just a little, again, I would use the term feminine. She was trying not to. Um, in any no, case, there's, there's sorry, no question goes, about it, which is why, look, you're not gay until you hit puberty, right? Now, we don't have to get into Freudian latent sexuality. I mean, I knew when I was stuff. five years old, as far as that goes, but yeah, I didn't but you know, didn't what know that you liked boys per se, because you weren't sexual being, but you no, knew there but was I was, but I was, but I liked boys and I didn't like girls. There was, I didn't dislike girls, but I, there was. Yeah, it wasn't a sexual thing though. It was something. It, it wouldn't was, have been sexual, but there was something. There I was, was something, right. I was well, always into is, guys. And I mean, I would play with girls. It wasn't that, but I would, all, guys right, you, were You it. would more likely play with girls than straight boys would play with girls who right, had yeah. Right? Yeah, so yeah. that's the difference. And that's what parents would see because they would see their kids at play. Parents right. wouldn't sit down and have philosophical discussions with their five-year-olds, but they would watch the way right. the play was going. You were right. more gentle. You didn't play football, yada, yada, yada. So, but the point is all of these non-gender conforming is a better term, boys, quote unquote right. boys, were lumped together in these studies. There was no distinction between trans girls. Girls like me would come in and say, I know I'm a girl. This isn't right. about playing with Barbies or wearing a bow right. or wearing my mother's high heels. Right. I just know I'm a girl. Right. And trans girls are generally far more boring and just sort of quotidian girls, whereas proto-gay boys are far more flamboyant. Right. And I was say, and stuff exactly. Like that. Right. It's not hard right. to make the distinction, right. but there's no blood test or imaging study. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, no, so, I, I see kids today and I see either colleagues, young, young boys, or just in, in the park or something, and this kid could be three, four, five, or six, and I'm going, oh my God, he's so queer. That's right. Oh. It's, and, they don't, and whether they have any idea. Queer. We can you know. talk about queer. So language yeah. is important. The problem was Ken Zucker, who ran the Toronto Clinic, was profusely putting out this data right. and right. not thinking, not distinguishing. And we would have knockdown, drag out fights at the annual conferences saying you can't do that. 80% desistance, of course, these are gay boys. They don't want to be girls. They just want to drag right. or they want to do whatever. They want to be bottoms and what have you. Look, back in the 70s, there was a guy named Jim Farad who was very active in the Gay Liberation Front or right. the, <clears throat> I forget which of the New York organizations back at the beginning of the movement who decided because of his own internalized homophobia, which we discussed five years ago, we came hmm. to, we became friends. He said, I came up with this philosophy about trans women where I said that they were really extremely gay men who could not accept their homosexuality and therefore went to extreme lengths to get rebuilt so that they could be penetrated without the stigma of being hmm. considered gay. Right. 
Now, this, why did he feel that? Because he was a bottom and he was ashamed of being a bottom. Right. Because homophobia- He was using his own life experience, which right. was what I brought up earlier. Homophobia is driven by misogyny. Yeah. It's yeah. all misogyny. The tops yeah. have never been looked down upon. And even biblically speaking, in Leviticus, those two right. sentences are directed at bottoms, not at tops, right. explicitly. But nobody listens to that. Anyway, so it does matter. And so we are still being attacked in 2020 for- scientific research that was done in the 1990s and the aughts right. and stuff that included all these gay boys right. who then went out and were boys, but they were gay. Right. And okay, and Dan, now the I'm, high wait, court right, in right. England is using yeah, it against right. trans kids. I'm going to stop you again. I want you to wrap this up because I've got, I really want to get to these okay, sort of quotidian issues. Now, you were talking yeah. about uh, Robin Tyler, our friend Robin Oaks, you know Robin, right? The, no. the leader of the bisexual community came out a couple of days ago that. with a Facebook post saying, these are, I want to bring you up to date on the terms used in the LGBTQ uh -oh. community. Uh -oh. And it's important because you made the point about non-binary. And this right. is very confusing because today, whereas in the past, trans and gay were conflated, primarily because the federal code uses them synonymously. That's how we got, because of sex in Bostock, that's how oh, trans right. people drag gay people along to get our rights. That's a whole different discussion. But to me, that was the culmination of my political advocacy. Okay. We won. But language matters. And sex and gender are different. Trans people are trans because of their sex. Non-binary people are non-binary because of their gender choices. It's not a biological phenomenon. Now, back in the 90s, or even the late 80s, we started seeing people like you talked about that gay kid, you know, saying, yeah. well, I little bit. Yeah. They called themselves gender benders, gender blenders, gender. I remember gender, right, gender bending was the term. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Ultimately, yeah. they sort of got subsumed under the term gender queer. And gender queer is sort of since the academic creation of the word non-binary at around the turn of the century, they've sort of subsumed now gender queer into non-binary. And now it's all been thrown into LGBTQ and some other letters that I can- Well, it depends. Remember. Capital Q, yes, because capital oh, no. Q queer is the entire- Oh no, there's capital community. and small Qs too? The small Q oh, is, no. is kids who, when you do, there was a poll that was done. The first one showed that 6% of LGBT people identify as queer. They don't identify as gay. They don't identify as lesbian. Right. Lesbian what does that mean? Yeah, what does that mean? It means, you know, it doesn't really matter. I don't want the label. I don't want to be gay. I don't want to be lesbian. I don't want to be trans. I want to smash the gender binary or I don't care about it. And I just want to be queer, which can be mm. anything. And there's value to that. And that's how they decided. Mm. And I'm not, not judging. I'm just wondering. Right, it's it's not I'm, I'm, I'm judging a little bit, actually, because well, but that's it, a, the, yeah. there's the problem by yeah. saying queer because a lot of my older gay- I'm using it, yeah, but I'm using it colloquially. That's the thing. Right. But I'm using it in the old sense, meaning he's a big fag. I'm not right. using it. I'm not using it, meaning, well, he isn't necessarily lesbian, gay, bi, or trans. He just doesn't like gender norms. Because to me, that's a an activist sociology approach to an issue, which is fine. You want to be some activist sociologist type who says, I don't like gender norms because they've oppressed women for years. That's right. That does not make you LGBT. That simply means you're a feminist or something, which is fine. But these- Oh, then you're going to yeah. get an argument there because yeah. the non-binary community- oh, trust me. I know I'll get an argument <laughs> there. <laughs> the non-binary really? community has been growing. It's growing right. amongst Gen Z and some millennials. Yeah. And they subsume all the genderqueer people. 
The problem is, and that's fine. Again, as I said, it's a political, social, socio-political choice. Right. You can do that for all the reasons you mentioned. If sexism can't be, you know, completely extinguished and misogyny can't be, why don't we just sort of like the Kobayashi Maru? Let's just change right. the terms of the. Uh, <laughs> oh of my God! The fact that you brought Star Trek into this discussion. Star now Trek geek moment together. there. Yes. Well, there you go. Right. <laughs> yes. If you can't win. The game, you change the rules of the game. So the best way to get rid of misogyny is get rid of women. Now, I I personally, as a woman, there's a quote, right? Right. But you you understand the impetus. That seems like that might offend some people. Right. But I I understand. Well, first of all, you're not proposing it, but you're quoting the movement. People do. There is a in queer theory. There's that belief that you know, wouldn't we all be better off if we were all non-binary, and then you wouldn't (sighs) have you know this this kind of misogyny. Wait, can I ask? And we're going to get into way too. I literally have specific issues I want to talk about too. Six oh one, right? Well, no, because it's what you're making me wonder is. Is some of this the reason you've got all these blow-ups with the feminist movement, or even J.K. Rowling? Although now I know I'm bringing up multiple issues because no, no, yeah, I because think so. no, I'm I'm interested in this too, John, because I'm wondering you know? if that if this is some because I've heard this. I'm well, this wiping out women pro- concept. Well, is I'm what involved I heard. in various pro-choice groups, right? And there are folks among those groups who will say, well, if you're if you get rid of obviously the term of of who is a woman and who is not. And you can't fight for, you know, quote, women's rights, you know, the right to choose and that kind of thing. So definitions matter. And so that's why. Right. And this is this has come up. And when I used to write a weekly column for the Huffington Post for almost hmm. seven years until about three years ago. And this issue did come up. You mentioned the hmm. uh, huh. choice movement. Uh, there was I think it was Planned Parenthood in Houston that. And by the way, Planned Parenthood is extremely accepting of trans men as far as their reproductive care goes, even abortions or whatever. Okay. They, they are open, inclusive. There's never been a problem with that. Now, but there this was is where I'll say quickly as a, as, you know, a disclosure, I've been on the board here in Ohio. And I mean, they, it, it, where I was here anyhow, completely accepting of everything. Yeah, so, nationally, they're perfectly fine. So that, that's never been an issue. So that's why this is even more ironic. There was a group in, hmm. in Houston that said, you have to stop talking about pregnant women. It excludes us. You have to talk about pregnant right. persons. And this has come on repeatedly. Right. The most extreme example of that was the Seven Sisters schools, the women's colleges, were extremely welcoming to women who then transitioned to be trans men. Ooh. I mean, th- these were safe spaces, which was an important thing Ooh. at the time. Because then you're going to have a man at a woman's college. That's right. And they allowed it and they welcomed them and they gave them. Really interesting. Wait, wait, wait. Are these women's women's only colleges? Yes. Like Smith. Why would you allow a man, even if if you're a trans man? man. You allowed a woman. This woman applied and then she decided to transition once she was at school. Right. But then she was a man. Didn't matter. They didn't kick her out. They said, okay, you're a man. You can stay and get your degree. Okay. Do you think that's right? wouldn't accept trans women. Wait, but do you think that's right? Yeah, I think that's fine. They can do that. The problem was okay, see, a I lot don't of the trans on, but I don't men, necessarily agree. Yeah. Well, why would you kick somebody out of school? I mean, it's well, sort of like why would you have a woman's only school to start with? That's a whole different <laughs> issue. No, and but I'm I, saying no, but I'm I'm quite serious though. I think this bothers me because this reminds me, and this is Cliff, where I get to be outspoken and you can be careful. Um, <laughs> I'm just gonna sit I, here. I had noticed I had noticed something a year ago and I didn't realize that Andrew Sullivan, who we're both friends with, had written about it. But I noticed a year ago there are all these trans women on Grinder, which is basically a gay, you know, dating. It's a gay hookup app. And it's a lot of trans women looking for guys. And 
I was looking at this going like, what, why are these women on Grindr? And by the way, I don't want to hook up with a woman. And, and then somebody told me, oh God, Andrew wrote about that last week. And I ran into him in the park and mentioned it. But you know, using that same logic, then we should have trans women on Grindr. And what it, and I argued with a very, a very woke friend of mine who finally came around. He had no problem with it. I said, so would you want actual women on Grindr? I used the term and he said, well, no, of course not. Oh, so you don't consider trans women actual women. They're actually less woman to you and that's why it's okay. And he said, uh, oh, and he said, oh, the cans of worms. No, by the I, I'm not, I'm saying I caught him and he said, oh my God, I didn't think of it that way. But I caught that even for him, he was considering trans women to not quite be women. So it was okay. That's right. And this is the problem. That's why curves. I bring this up. The TERFs yeah. or the gender crits in, in the Wait, UK. tell me what a TERF is, because somebody had accused me of that the other day on, literally, we might have been talking about the Iraq war for all I know. And he goes, oh, but you're a TERF. And I went, and I had to Google the it. Iraq I went, war. How is one a TERF on the Iraq it had, war? <laughs> it literally had nothing to do with you any of these issues. You can't be a TERF because you're male. TERF is a trans-exclusionary radical feminist. Yeah, well, I told him, I said, I'm not even a radical feminist. How? Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> right. right, and they call them gender crits in England. And, and, and what's the guy that mixed up between TERF and isolationists? They're very similar terms. Well, see, what happened? Sorry, my, my community. joke didn't and land I, there. And I, I, watched okay. I watched this happen in, on, huh. on school in real time is that a lot of the butch lesbians started to transition around the turn of the century. Okay. And a lot of women lost their partners and they got okay. very upset. Right. And that has continued, right? right? Somebody just wrote I a know post someone who did. Yeah. Where I only there, who, like there are only like 16 yeah. lesbian bars left in the yeah. country. No, I know and, somebody whose partner did transition. And I mean, I give her kudos because I don't know what I would do because I'm not into women sexually, and that's well, and it's yeah. Just not, so this this is a problem. That, we that would be really hard. Civil human beings, but yeah, the lesbian community sort of lost its mind and blamed trans women for this. What, they for basically would, trying to eliminate them, lesbians, in essence. Yeah, well, they would say your your partner here is a trans man, but he's not really a man. He's just a you know he's a oh, woman who you go. misunderstands yeah. who he is yeah and they would say that for the longest time they would not accept the reality of their partners right but rather than take it out on their partners they took it out on trans women sort of like the purveyors of transgender ideologies the vatican hmm. says you know we're in a bunker in some undisclosed location somewhere the world trans conspiracy and we're plotting this out you know <laughs> exactly now i know that that's yeah. not the case well at least i've never been invited so maybe yeah. i should be offended the world jewish conspiracy is watching all of these other yes. conspiracies, we haven't noticed the world trans. Look, all we do is plan the economy every year. We leave everything else out. And you send okay. us checks and we very much appreciate it. Right. Yeah, I mean, that's because we consider you acceptable. So we, we plan out the economy and, you know. George Soros is our, you know. Soros, a couple of Rothschilds and me. That's right. That's right. So you get, the stuff gets very complicated. And I think you sort of alluded to it earlier. Huh. When you try, when you want to understand where turfness comes from? Why would J.K. Rawlings be saying what? Well, what is turfness again? I'm sorry. What is what is it? I you you said the definition, not the definition. You said what the acronyms mean, but what is it literally? It means it, it means that lesbians do not accept that trans trans women are women. women okay. Right? Okay. So and look, you know, the lesbian community has been extremely varied too. There are gold star, five star lesbians who've never been with a man. There are many who have been. There are some who've had kids and then have gone back to lesbian right. and stuff. But even the term lesbian is rather archaic. Most gay women do not identify as lesbian. But well, they what do, do they, what what do they, they identify? identify? Gay. Yeah. Oh, Just really? Gay. Okay. Or queer. The younger ones yeah. identify as queer yeah. or non-binary. Okay. 
So it's sort of become a huh. safe space for people who think that the old terms like gay or lesbian are tinged with, you know, gender binary and rigid. Could be closeted too, to a degree. What? Could be a little closeted too. I wonder, I Maybe wonder, remember the old- earlier, you said this is a gay person who's saying he's a little bit this as well. Okay. Well, he so. could be, no, no. I mean, he may or may not be obviously, but but his definition was absolutely the definition of gay as well. But I'm wondering also, right, you could also, you know, Dan Savage got in trouble for this too, but Dan's right. We all know some people kind of feel more comfortable calling themselves by the gay, especially guys, when they're first coming out. And then they right. kind of admit finally, okay, I'm gay. Right. And I wonder too, whether these terms, whether it's queer, whether it's non-binary or whatever, make it a little more comfortable for people. Because frankly, non-binary, you just kind of, anybody else, you kind of scratch your head and go, huh? You don't say, oh, gay. Well, uh, that's true. A lot of people, non-binary is right? chic, just the way they used to talk yeah. about trans being chic seven years ago. Today, non-binary is chic, and all these cis women are coming out as right. non-binary. But it protects you, too, because nobody says non-binary, oh, that means you have sex with men. Whereas gay, oh, first thing in their head is sex. my sex life. You, you look at somebody and you go, you know? mm -hmm, but then you don't get into it. You don't think yeah. about sex because it's about gender. It's yeah, about yeah, presentation. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. There have always been non-conforming people. They used to call themselves androgynous. Right. Or genderqueer, and it wasn't an identity. Or senator, but we won't go there. Okay, but today the problem is <laughs> identity is such an issue, right? right. I, everybody has to have an identity, and we have this yep. explosion of identities on Facebook, yep. and this and that, and it becomes a point of, you know, comedy. Oh. Bill Maher would talk about this and stuff, and bring trans women on like Janet right. Mock, and she would lose her mind because he didn't say he said LGBT. Oh, she. Instead of LGBTQIA. Oh, oh, she pulled that shit on, on what's-his-face, who's an idiot but was really good. That British idiot who used to be on TV here on CNN. Here's uh, Morgan. Here's, here's Morgan. Morgan. Did it. This, I wrote about it. I was so pissed off. No, because, yeah, but you will appreciate, whether, depending how you thought about the interview, but you'll appreciate my take. Pierce Morgan fell in fucking love with Janet Mock. He had the hots for Janet Mock. He sat there an hour, or not an hour, maybe 20, 40 minutes, maybe it was 40 minutes. It was a good long segment. And he sat there, Janet, a uh, uh, black transgender woman, very pretty. And Janet sat there talking and Pierce was literally like this. The only other time I've seen this was John McCain at a hearing when the woman who was Holly from General Hospital was testifying. And John McCain put his head down like this and just smiled and watched. I mean, <laughs> Pierce I've was- seen that in I've seen yeah. that in legislatures too. Pierce was enthralled, enthralled with her and she nitpicked afterwards. She excoriated him. The entire community blew up. Things like the Chiron, which is the name at the bottom of the- The, right, right, the, right. the Chiron, I'm sorry, for our people though, it's that little script at the bottom of the screen. The Chiron at the bottom of the screen at one point said, Janet was born a, or was born a man and right. changed or had sex change surgery to a woman or something like that at 18. Right. Oh my God. <laughs> he, he asked her, she had a book, autobiography. He asked her about her boyfriend. Now, mind you, to me, this is an obvious question. You know, you, you, you're trans, whether you had surgery or not. Again, there's not even language for this, but his point was, you know, your boyfriend was, was with a guy and now he's with a girl. How did that go for him? Oh my God. And mind you, it was in the fucking book. So even her, but she got outraged that the, that he asked about her relationship. It was, but he couldn't have been nicer. And for me, exactly. My, I watched it twice because I was so pissed off. I wanted to write about it, make sure I got it right. He 
accepted her as a gorgeous woman and even had the hots for her as a woman, this big fat pig of a white man. Of no, <laughs> a straight man. Who loves Donald me, Trump and is and, just no, gross in every me, way imaginable. But to me, that was the epitome of trans acceptance on national television. Right. Well, look, Bill Maher has the hots for Caitlyn Jenner. He can't get over Does it. Does he really? Yeah. And he That's always funny. brings yeah. her up. He's always, when he's yeah. transphobic, he's transphobic with relation to her right. because it makes him uncomfortable that he finds her attractive. Oh, that's And I've watched okay. So it's like, it's like when I was in kindergarten and I hit a girl because I was attracted to her kind of thing? Yeah, that kind of thing. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, but this brings back the question you mentioned at the beginning. Huh. Some people, when they get an opportunity like the one Janet had, but right. uh, both with Mar and with yeah, Bruce I didn't know Morgan, about the Mar thing. Yeah, has to be in a mind space where she can actually present this better to people who yeah. don't have a clue. Bingo. Who she is or what she's doing. Bingo. Now, yeah, the Chiron was wrong. The Chiron was archaic. Whoever was doing this, like the person who writes, you know, the headline in a paper or yeah. a caption. These are different people than yeah. than the reporters. Uh, yeah, most That's people correct. don't yeah. know that, but they, they don't. Them. They need to get that yeah. better. It can How be many of us who've yeah, ever but, written articles have gotten reamed because Cliff, the, 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 the headline to the article was not, not you know, we didn't choose it well, and, and, and Cliff, it wasn't good. I, and then we get just, we get destroyed for it. But I even had a hard <laughs> yeah. time explaining the damn Chiron because as I was explaining it, I was going, oh fuck, I'm going to get this wrong and people are going to get pissed at me. This stuff is not easy. And what you've got to recognize is it's not easy. People are going to screw up, but it doesn't mean they're bad people. You don't exactly blow right. up at them. It doesn't mean they come with bad faith. It means right. that that if you're in if you if you're in your little bubble where everybody understands everything, even it doesn't. You have to understand that the people outside of that bubble yeah. who don't in, encounter these issues every day don't talk about them every day, and many of whom are coming in good faith and trying yeah. to be better people. And that's like, every issue. Them. And that's every issue. That's, that's what I'm saying. It is every it's issue. Every, every issue. And when you're zero point six percent of the population, you simply yeah. need to understand that that's the vast majority of people. Okay, wait, stop. Let me ask you. Let me ask you then. And I don't want people to get pissed that I'm cutting her off, but but I've got my questions too. <laughs> um, the the uh, oh, with 0.6 percent. Oh yeah, one of the big fights I have with activists, young activists, and I especially had this on the trans thing again, Janet Mock and all that was. It's not our job to educate you people. I and know. I'm like, it's 99% of your fucking job. <laughs> what are you talking about? That I went on TV all the time. It was my job to fucking explain to people that I wasn't a goddamn pedophile. And again, if the religious right guy brought it up, I would destroy him. But even when nice straight people brought it up, I was like, well, you know, the studies show that was a canard that was created by the religious right. But you had to explain it to people so that normal people out there went, oh, I didn't know that. And it, it takes okay. time. It takes decades but they, to do but, that. But have you noticed this with younger activists? Yes, they don't want to do it. They're already bored. Yeah. They're and they think it's of offensive. It. And I'm like, and they're right. And look, lose. Look, yeah, of course it's offensive. So is civil rights. Right. They should be able to get yeah. on with their lives and not have to explain yeah. to anybody. We but shouldn't have to be civil rights activists. I know. Of course not. That's, true. That's absolutely true. And it's unfortunate. You shouldn't, but I mean, it's kind of like, again, to make this more broad, that's every fight we've ever engaged in. And you know what? You shouldn't you know, have to be a climate have activist, to, We shouldn't have had to, right. Yeah. We shouldn't have to educate people on the climate or the yeah. dangerousness of guns or the fact that, that all people are equal no matter the color of their skin. But, but what we should have to do in that nice, wonderful, perfect world versus the one we live in are two very different things. Yeah, if you want to win and you want to make change. Right, Bayard Rustin said, remember this is hmm. a, it's a cliche already, you're not going to convince 20% of the people. 20% are on your side. You've got to go to the movable middle. Right, exactly and that right. is 
tens of millions of people. Right. It's and the political definition of triage. <laughs> Ignore the ones you're not going not gonna right. to be able to do. You know they're malevolent. If they're malicious, there's oh, no definitely. point in wasting your time with them. Correct. Right. But if they're not, if they misgender you inadvertently, don't yeah. chew their ear off. Right. It's you're an education opportunity. Yes. Yeah. Because I will tell you, especially yeah. when you're scared of the public repercussions, and there are, as we all know, yeah. you know, in culture right now, what you do if you're somebody like me, and, and this hasn't happened recently, thankfully, but if you if you try to reach out and somebody jumps on you publicly and essentially calls you a bigot just because you want to understand and be helpful, what you're going to do is you're going to clam up and walk away. You don't say, you know what, at all. I'm not yeah. even engaging in this anymore because yeah. I still have to make a living for my family. And if somebody attacks me in a way that makes me, you know, toxic to the publications I write for or the, the shows I appear on, then you know what, I'd rather just walk, ignore the whole topic. Right. And that's dangerous. I mean, I then you're losing a potential ally. It's stupid. I've done, I've done yeah. that too. There were times when it just wasn't worth making an issue about it. And it's a, you don't have to fight every battle, right? You have to pick your fights right. and you hope you do it in a way that will get to the most people. Hey, but can the I, world has changed over the past 25 years since I started doing this. I want to ask you about the pronoun. Oh my God, hugely, yeah. I, I mean, want to ask I, you I about can only say this sorry, quickly from the perspective I've said that I'll just I'll let you go, John. I just no, want to say okay, from the perspective go, go. of what I what my kids watch on TV, that is the best way to see how much the world has changed. I mean, right. the things that they're seeing on TV, they watch some of the sort of, you know, we brought we brought up Star Trek before, so why not bring up like the Flash now and stuff like that? The 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 they've got tr a transgender character, they've got interracial relationships, they've got interracial uh, one interracial lesbian, I'm sorry, I should say gay relationship. They've got they've got all these things, and it's like this is just normal to my kids right. and I love it because right. there wasn't like a sort of like a Batman spinoff where the lead character like Batwoman is a Jewish there, lesbian or something. Yep, exactly yeah, right. Okay. <laughs> Stuff know, like that. I, I mean, I'm a little too old for that now, but look, we discovered in the 32nd century that there's one trans person and one non-binary person. So we have managed to survive uh, like 12, <laughs> and a handful of 100 people. years, right? It right. may only be one of each, but still. I'm just saying they see this stuff regularly, yeah. you know? And I, I used to give shout outs. My kids are too old now, but there's a cartoon on called, called The Loud House about this big family that lives in Michigan, which makes it even better. Oh, by the, the Louds? Way. The Louds yes. were the first PBS the back in 1973. The Louds broke the, had the first gay character, openly gay character on TV. Oh, I didn't know. So this is a cartoon. So this comes from back then? Is this from? Well, I, didn't I even, would never assume heard of it. so. The Louds so on PBS even, in 1973 was the first family uh, that had an openly gay kid on it. Well, it's, it's great because I didn't, I didn't know that. And this cartoon, like these, you know, like one of the, the, there's a bunch of kids. One of the, the daughter is, one of the sisters is, you know, of the main character is gay, completely open and accepted, but also his best friend's African-American and has two dads. And like the fact that my kids, you know, as at the ages of, right. they're now 14 and 11, but at the ages of sort of eight and five, <laughs> were watching that, my two boys, was just, was awesome. Because there was that much less where, because they came to the, the they're like, people are people and they don't even get why anybody would discriminate. Well, remember when Sasha and Malia told their father, like, come on, dad, a lot of our friends have, you know, gay parents at Sidwell. It's about time. And yep. you know, so the, the difference from my childhood when Kirk and Uhura kissed in the first interracial kiss That was the first, TV, that's right. That was a but big notice deal. it wasn't a voluntary kiss. Exactly. There, there was no, they didn't exactly. sit down. This wasn't consensual sex. No, it was, was forced by forced. aliens who controlled them. But, but the thing is, is that's the brilliance of Roddenberry is he used that to get it, to make that's it okay right. and but make it happen. He had to use that he in did. order to yes. get it on. If they yes. had just decided, you know, 
Uhuru, I, I really, Nyata, he should have called her by her first name. You're right. really attractive. I'm going to kiss you. That would never have flown, right? No. It had to be a forced alien force. You're, so, you're right. But I do give him credit that he found a way to work that yeah, in there. That's right. Because right. I mean, that was his that was his mission, really. That was the true mission. Right, let me, let me ask you about the oh. question about the pronoun thing. Okay. Something, and this may be geeky, not geeky, but I have been very disturbed by the movement for people to put their pronouns in their emails and things like that. Yeah. And <laughs> here's, <laughs> well, no, but here's what I'm worries. Sure by it too. Yeah. Well, I was going to say, because I worry about it from an outing perspective because I was looking at it and I, I saw people in workplaces doing this and I thought, oh my God. And I thought of that friend of mine who confessed to me, God, it was, it was the 1990s and he's still male whatever that means um he did he never still presenting as a man okay there you go still presenting as a man he never came to terms with with being right. what, that's why i said trans most trans women right still closeted. right and super but i mean super closeted obviously like he's just not going to go there right. and i imagine an office place where it is the expected custom i was at a meeting uh, a gay not gay lgbt networking meeting and we went around the room at the beginning and people started telling their who they were and their pronouns. Right, they call, and, I call it the pronoun circle jerk. Well, and mm -hmm. I think because I heard Nate. that and I thought, holy shit, I'm supposed to publicly say right now whether I'm trans or not. How the fuck dare you? Well, a lot of people- How fucking dare you? And, and, really even, and then, well, Cliff, and that. even then in a workplace, in a workplace, it gets even better. This group too. I refuse to say my pronouns. A, people now think I'm closet trans. B, they think I'm a fucking bigot because I don't want to. It's, agree, no, you're right. It's right? True. So in a, a work position, environment, yeah. in a work environment, you either have to are forced to come out as trans or not. B, you're forced to not agree at all to do it, and then people just assume you're a fucking bigot when, frankly, you could just be closeted. But I thought it was the most, to me, it is the most offensive, it's outing. And I think, and frankly, as a lawyer too, boy, are you setting yourself up for a great fucking lawsuit that you're making no, people go true. around I the office. I get the point of it. You're Ooh. trying to, to breed, to breed acceptance among people. But, but at the same time, if there are people there that are never going to accept somebody, and you're forcing someone to out themselves, you may be actually creating a, a negative to dangerous situation for them. What do you, Dana, I mean, what do you think? Well, I mean, to, well to often oftentimes it's only one person in a workplace who's a real bigot and causes that trouble and goes to court and all of that. I've spoken to enough companies where there was, well, we needed to bring you in here because we have an employee who's transitioning. And I know somebody in that department over there is really unhappy about this. It's one person. It's right. not like the entire... Right. You know, employee base is, is up in arms about this. It's right. usually one person. Which Can I ask quickly, though? It, I mean, is most of the work you're doing, I mean, you're in Maryland, right? Yeah, yeah. No, I don't do much I mean, of this anymore. But so that would, my, like, my concern is, and, what if you're in, you know, say, Oklahoma and a oh, rural part yeah. of it? It of might course. be more than one person is what I'm saying. It, it right? might be, but I think, look, the studies have been done. I mean, this polling went on for, for decades. And we would ask, should there be anti-discrimination laws protecting gay and trans people. And back like 10 years ago, 50% of the population said yes. But you know, even as long ago as five or six years ago, it was 75% said we should not discriminate against gay and trans Americans. And when asked, when they dove down occasionally, people would say, aren't they protected already? Why would anybody yeah. discriminate against yeah. them, right? So- Discrimination is illegal. 
Well, but most that's, a, that's the toughest ones when people don't, yeah. you know, like I, I, yeah, we didn't talk about it at the beginning, but John it, it would tell you, I've done a lot of work on, on gun issues and it, it's the same, you know, it's not exactly the same thing, but we go to people and be like, you should have background checks to make sure people who are criminals and terrorists and you know, this and that aren't buying guns. Like, well, those already exist. Or like, actually I have something interesting to tell you in right. most States, or at least at this point, over half the States, they do not, you yeah. know? All right, but go ahead. Sorry. My my point is that Americans generally don't want to discriminate. Right. And they do live and let live for the most part. And if again in a workplace, if you're not forcing somebody to come out and say, Hi, everybody, right. I'm trans, these are my pronouns, you're not putting a target on their back. They'll be able to do their job and then come out slowly and people will get to know them. And that's how change right. happens in the country. Exactly. I think the problem with those circles and stuff is that it, it's always, it's become with this generation, it's about me. Yeah. I need to be the one, as I said, oh, pregnant women, my right. God. So there are what, right. 10 right. million pregnant women in this country and two dozen pregnant trans men. And we should tra- change the language to, to placate the two dozen trans men and forget about all the women. I mean, to me, I would take that to be offensive. I think that's where a lot of the back- Do people, do people hate you? Yeah. Me? Yeah. No, I don't usually talk about this publicly. Okay. No, no, I mean, because I mean, like, you're. This is this is why I like Dana. I mean, you seem very charming. Because to me, no, you know, we had a really we had a really long conversation about this stuff again back in the two thousands, a long time ago, and I was so impressed because Dana is not considered some you know radical whatever hater. I don't know what you want to call it, but but. I'm just surprised that you, do you not get a lot of shit for saying that kind of stuff? Because I would think people would get pissed. No, actually, for some reason, people really don't go after me. <laughs> I, I don't know why. Well, you're, lucky, you're lucky, yeah. Yeah, but I mean, at some point, you have to make a decision whether you're going to speak your no, mind. No, but it does, but you're and right, it's though. It's not to like me, I'm going feels, out and proselytizing people. You know what it feels like to me? To me, right? it feels like, to me, it feels like all those white people on Twitter who have to be blacker than black. Yeah. And yeah, there have been articles, I, I, there have been articles about this. And the same I don't thing, understand. Like, As I said yeah. to Cliff, I said Planned Parenthood is extremely inclusive. And I understand why trans men mm-hmm. in various spots in this country are uncomfortable work walking into a gynecologist's office. Right. I mean, I get that. Mm-hmm. It's yeah, tough yeah, yeah. being yeah. trans. But you should, you need to develop a thicker skin and get in there and do it and use your presence to educate the staff, right. the medical personnel, and your fellow, you know, yeah. patients. It's hard. About what I, it's I like get to be hard. a pregnant trans man. Yeah. Don't take that as a burden. Don't put that on everybody else and say, oh, we were talking about this, the Seven Sisters. So the Seven Sisters schools would not admit trans women who had transitioned okay. before application. Oh, wait. Oh, 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 wait. So women's schools wouldn't accept trans women? Right. That's changed. In the past five, okay. we got that change. Okay. But at the beginning, they allowed trans men to transition in their right. schools and to stay, but they wouldn't admit trans women. Right. And then the huh. trans I would have thought it the, would have gone in the opposite direction. That's right. You would yeah. think yeah. so, but no. Yeah. So, you know, but, but then the trans men had the chutzpah to say, you can't call yourself the seven sisters. You have to call yourself the seven siblings. You have to talk about <laughs> siblinghood <laughs> instead of sisterhood. Oh, God. These so, are the things that drive oh me God. and John ah. crazy all the time. That's right. But that's like, be respect. These people are reaching out to you. They're embracing you. They're not only accepting you, they're affirming you. Right. Don't then go ahead and spit on them and say, yeah. you haven't gone uh-huh. far enough. And when it comes to pronouns, you're right. There's already a backlash that, though it's interesting. Hmm. So to me, my pet peeve is the plural singular. 
which is completely arbitrary and provocative. Yeah. And I think it's just- In other words, people wanted to be referred to as they? Yes, and we is, not we is not happy with that. And we is not going to accept that. Well, the can I tell you, is, my, my, my bigger pet peeve is Zer or whatever. Well, no, but see, no. I, I, I've been involved watching the way this has evolved. Right. Right. And when you ask, when you go to clinics, large gender clinics, particularly mm. with kids, and you ask them, how do you identify? There are like 70 different, you, you were talking about that one gay guy who was identifying that yeah, yeah, there yeah. are demi boys and semi girls. Oh, and there's this yeah, proliferation of identities, but they yeah. all fall under, say, gender queer. Okay. And the pronouns, they're her and zier and zier. Yeah. In Sweden, which is a very homogeneous country for the yeah, most part, yeah. they created a gender neutral pronoun. It's hen, H-E-N, hmm. which is similar to their he and she. Okay. And that's it. That's the right, end now, of it. They now, created yeah. a new pronoun. Wouldn't that be much easier? Like, come in, I mean, I'm sorry. I, I'm just, I know maybe I shouldn't even be talking out loud and should let you guys discuss it. But I mean, for me, you know, again, it's going to be much easier if you can actually know what that is. You've got that one gender neutral one so that I can talk to someone and treat them respectfully and right. refer them. Whereas I can't learn 55 different. I that, mean, that's I'm, the point. You can't sit around a circle yeah. and remember everybody's name, even if it's a dozen people, let yeah. alone their pronouns. I can't too. even remember it's what simply, I have on the shopping list most of the time. Right, I mean, that's right. It's very impractical. Our brains can only hold seven pieces of, right. of data in our minds at any one time. So that from a practical purpose, it's silly. But the Swedes, again, they could do that. The French have an hmm. alliance francaise, whatever they dictate, whatever it's right. going to be. That makes it easier. Here, they decided because there is an impersonal plural singular where you say they, because you don't know what the gender is and stuff, we can apply that to us as people. And right. suddenly you screwed up the grammar, you give people headaches. It's unreadable stuff. Right. Now, it's been interesting. There hasn't been a huge public backlash about this but the people that i watched who said i want to be called they this is my preferred right. pronoun now right. called personal pronoun not preferred it's my right. this is my pronoun are now saying they or he they or she oh i saw that i they, saw that yesterday so when elliot page came out a couple I wait, of days can, ago, can tell you, i saw somebody yesterday that had she slash they and i googled so wait, it and mean? couldn't no, Elliot Page came out, yeah. Elliot transitioned, apparently. I don't know. When Elliot wrote this little statement about his transition, changing his name, he said he's trans, non-binary, and queer. This is the problem that we have now. If you're in that bubble, that millennial Gen Z bubble, right. you might understand what the, that has a certain meaning to don't you. Don't those... But it has no meaning to everybody else out there because trans feels like a math equation I can't figure Which out. is not queer. Yeah. And that's yeah. the problem. People are not specific about it. So today- and How are you trans non-binary? How well, does that even look, work? I could, as a trans woman, decide for political purposes, I want to identify as non-binary. I'm still a trans woman. I transitioned from male to female as the language that we use. And now I'm non-binary. No, non-binary no, by definition, does not equate to trans. Right, but no, you didn't. But no, you didn't. Because if oh, I know it didn't exist. Devil's, no, 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 no. Devil's advocate here. If you are non-binary, you just figured out you were non-binary, but you were always non-binary. Let's think of the language well, no, we all use, right? Look, but let's Why? be clear. Non-binary. That's how gay and trans works. Non-binary refers to gender and trans refers to sex. That's the point right. I've been trying to make. As a scientist, right. I've been teaching this for a very, very long time. Right. This whole non-binary thing is a gender thing. You want to smash the gender binary. The problem is a lot of non-binary people will not acknowledge that they have a sex. 
And this is what infuriates Andrew hmm. and that provokes the JK Rawlings of the world right. to say, what do you mean <clears throat> sex is not real? There are non-binary people who say sex is not real. They meaning meaning like your physical man. They're not mad, right. There's no male or female sex. It's a meaningless concept, okay. or it's a social construct which they reject. That's absolute nonsense. They're okay. denying reality. Well, but no, but again, I'm sorry, but I got to get you out of the language. So when you're saying sex, you mean the person's physical, physically, my body's their sex genes, is their male. Their chromosomes, their brain sex, their okay. hormones, yada yada yada. But All not, but I gender and identity means in my head I know I'm man, or in my head you knew you were a woman. That's I. That's not well, that's sex. Brain that's, sex. It really should be not sex, gender okay. identity. It should be sexual identity. But this is how <laughs> language evolves because we got rid of sex. In the 90s, we went with gender identity because nobody had it and gay people were talking about sexual orientation. So we went to gender right. identity, but it's sexual identity, really. Okay. You know whether you're male or female. Okay. There is a fly that's used in research called Drosophila, the fruit fly. Yeah, of course. Yep. Right. And they discovered about, I don't know, I think it's 12 years ago now, a gene called fruitless gene. Very funny, whoever uh, the yeah, researchers yeah. were, probably gay guys. And they called it fruitless. <laughs> yeah. And you can flip it on or off. And if right. you flip it on, it's male. And if you flip it off, it's female. And I remember when the story came out, they said, they found the gene for sexual orientation in a fruit fly. And I said, no, it's not for sexual orientation. It's the gender identity. It's the sexual identity of that fly. The fly either sees itself as male or as female. If it's male, it behaves in a male way towards a female. If it's female, it behaves in a female way to, to a male. If you then flip it and see a female mate with another female, that's sexual orientation. But that's so okay. Oh God! You can see okay. how complicated oh. this gets. Even for but, me, I'm kind of going. Uh, I okay. know, I know. But the the problem is, so when I'm Elliot, so, wait, so take us take us point, but, but take us back to the J.K. Rowling thing. Then what? So when about? Elliot Page comes yeah. out and says, "I'm trans, I'm non-binary, and I'm queer," and this is like, the this is the actress now. Actor. I think well, actor all now. Actors, wait, which? You know, not, we don't use. Oh, that's true. Actor is a no. But what I meant was. Uh, I just read about this the other day. This was somebody who <laughs> I'm gonna find. You can't talk about this stuff. Yes, you can. You can wasn't, say Elliot was, Page lived as a woman and was acting yes. as a woman. But, okay, there you go. But has known for years. In what, what this was I in what movie? You, this was in what movie? This was Juno a, was the Juno, yeah, was the famous yeah. one. Who but now has transitioned to male? Okay, and now changed the name from Ellen to Elliot and identified. This is the the act the one who was a, an actor. A woman in Juno is now yes. transitioned. To, okay, just making yeah. sure I got yeah. it. Now, right. now, there's a backstory to this, and I don't know Paige well, but I do know Paige visited gender clinics five years ago. Right. So this is nothing new for this person, okay? Right. Elliot knew. Right. But Elliot came, came, out, came out as out. lesbian uh, years ago as well, first. Right. Yeah. So this is a typical That's former cis lesbian, butch yeah. cis lesbian, yeah. sort of, you know, sort of soft fam, soft butch, you know, you can go back and look at it. And you know the lesbian community has this spectrum of behaviors, and you'd look and you'd go, "Oh, that's interesting. This is probably right. a lesbian, and now this is a trans man." Right. But also identifying as non-binary and also identifying as queer. Now I don't know if Elliot's going to go through hormonal reassignment or surgical reassignment. That would be what a trans person would do. Non-binary people don't do that well, necessarily. Do. Yeah. So you know, if you're non-binary, it's just about gender. You don't have to change your sex. You can keep your genitals. You can keep your hormones. <sighs> And you can just identify as non-binary and present androgynously. I feel like I've learned a lot from this, but I also have now like, like so many more questions and things I don't and understand. And that's fine. And then yeah. you have debates yeah. and discussions about it. And you can't yeah. do it on Twitter 
because the J.K. Rowling thing started, well, at least when I oh, so what? Tell people what that is. So you I know, don't even totally she understand. Is, what and obviously, because yeah. of who she is, suddenly every everybody pays yeah. attention. I'll say this: I don't think American queer people should pay that much attention to what goes on in Britain. First off, hmm. that country's run by Bojo the Clown. The Russians perverted their political system and and threw them out of the European Union. Don't pay attention to their stuff. Forget it. But they do because it's Twitter and it's global. Okay. Right. So Jake, there was some sort of an incident. We can kind of make that argument about America, though, too, couldn't we? <laughs> yeah, and I'm just trying to be specific here because yeah, yeah. this has been the sort of the spark that's lit this problem. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then the Harper's story, you know, with the signatures and all. And that. I was totally, by the way, totally fine with that Harper's letter. But of course, you know, I'm an asshole. Well, I so. wasn't because I wasn't invited to sign it. But that's thank you. I wanted to sign it too. But look at right. this and, is and why I, I like you. I, and, and I would have agreed with that letter also. But this is why but we're doing go. this because yeah. you look. We would not be where we are today in 2020 with Bostock and Obergefell and all of that without free speech, without the gay and trans communities getting out there, demonstrating right. free assembly and all of that stuff and right. talking to people person to person and group to group and all that. We never would have been where we are today. We wouldn't have gotten here. Right. So how can we then go out and shut down people from talking? Now, I do no, have- That's one. exactly why that's a perfect- Oliver Wendell Holmes had a red line. You cannot shout fire in a crowded theater. To me, the red line is with Nazis. My people, Cliff, your people, we've never had a signed a peace treaty with Nazis. As far as no. I'm concerned, they're fair game. But anything short of that- How about Jordan Peterson's book? Jordan Peterson's a very sad character. I don't think you know what's happened to him. He's very sick. And uh, isn't he? I thought he was in like a coma at this point. Oh, yeah, is he really? In a coma now. His daughter took okay. advantage of him. I don't know what it is. Oh. Jordan Peterson said something too. I remember when he was becoming the incel's favorite person, and suddenly the trans community heard about him. And I tried to look up, well, what did he say that was so offensive? And I, the only thing I came upon, and I didn't Dana, listen to his Look at you he, looking for facts. He did hundreds of these talks and I wasn't huh. going to listen to him. Yeah, yeah. That's not my job. I actually, and I don't know much about him either. Yeah. I came across one where he said, okay, I will, out of respect, use the pronouns that you prefer, but you can't make me do that. I have okay. the freedom not to do that. And I okay. thought, why is that offense? Hmm. I, I, to me, that's not offensive. Yeah, you cannot control people's speech. You need to go out. We were talking. You need to talk to people and explain to them who you are, right. and then they will treat you with respect. Don't make well, it difficult. But, okay, but can I devil's Don't advocate you, though? Don't ruin their language with crazy pronouns. But, but let me devil, devil's advocate you, though. I would certainly be pissed off if I were married and someone said, you know what? In my workplace, I'm not going to refer to your husband as your husband because he's not a girl. I'd be yeah. pissed. But you have a thick you know? enough skin that you go, this person doesn't matter. I'm gonna I don't know. Go. I might come after him, to be honest. I mean, I don't know. I might try to file a complaint. All right. I, well, I, then. Ironically, that would piss me off. Um, but go on. See, that's yeah. the whole thing, John. And this is where it's I'm hard with Dana, to know. which is my whole thing is with most of these folks, why I believe in free speech on this on this is just, just what do I care what you say if you're a, you're a bigot or an idiot? Mm. You know what I mean? Like, I, I, I want to educate people who we can educate about good right. things. And obviously... And I've said this a lot on this show. It's funny that you brought up the Oliver Wendell Holmes and the rest. To me, when we where we don't regulate speech enough is when with violent rhetoric, with rhetoric encouraging terrorism and these things that's on Fox News and Rush Limbaugh every day that we, where we can see stochastic terrorism and we can see the results 
of this kind of rhetoric and what it leads people to. That's the stuff we should be regulating. Right, or the algorithms that drive people to the hate groups with Facebook. Exactly. That's the problem, and we need to deal with that. And I suggest you- But not this stuff. If I don't call you the right thing or I don't- understand this i mean we should be having be able to have these open conversations on campuses you know in workplaces and very without people fearing they may say the wrong damn thing by oh, yeah. campuses yeah. should not be safe spaces campus the the general application for college should have a a trigger warning at the top yeah college is not a safe you are place. going to learn you're going exactly. to be exposed to a lot of stuff that you're not right. happy with. It should, it should just be right. have a subtitle that says, lots of bad shit has happened in history. You still have to learn about it. Yeah. Right. That's Wait, so, okay, J.K. Rowling. So get us back to J.K. Rowling. Okay, so, so but Peter, Peterson was a good example of that. And I was like, hmm. okay, there's nothing wrong with what he said there. Now, the problem with J.K. Rowling's was when I first noticed what she said, she said, sex is real. That was basically the tweet. Okay. And I go, well, of course, sex is real. Right. Based on what I've been talking about right. for an hour and a half, you'd go, yeah, I think Dana would agree that sex is real. But a lot of non-binary people don't believe that to be so. And, and what so, does that even mean, sex is real? Again, sex meaning... Uh, sex, that you are a, male Physically or female, male, physically female? Okay. Yeah, okay. I mean, that's part of who you are. Okay. I think if non-binary evolved to the point where somebody like, uh, well, I won't use Paige, because I think Paige is actually transitioning, but somebody else who's living as a cis female and comes out saying, I am non-binary and says, I am a female non-binary person. You know, female is the sex, non-binary is the gender. Okay. Right. That explains okay. it. There's no argument. When- uh, Oh, I see what you mean. Okay, I see what you mean. There was yeah, a woman right. here, I've been dealing with turfs right. in Maryland for a long time. And there was a woman that was on the board of Equality Maryland. Isn't that like the sports team there or something? What? Isn't it Equality the Maryland? Mar no, what's it, Maryland Turfs or something? What's the Maryland Turfs, right? The Ravens. The Turp, the Turps. Oh, the Turps. You're thinking of the University of Maryland team. I'm a stuff. gay guy. I don't do sports. That's hilarious. That may have to be the name of our that's podcast. Funny. That's Turps actually really funny. I knew it was something close. I tell you, you there was anyway. <laughs> that's good. So then that's my son went I'm laughing so hard. My younger son went oh, to College well. Park, so he was a Turp. But, uh, so I was, I was the token trans person on the Equality Maryland board. Right. Oh. And this, this woman was the token black person. And so we would sort of commiserate with one another, being these outsiders. And after about four or five years, she became a TERF. And when I asked her, because we were still friends, I said, what, did, what does this mean to you? Please explain it to me. Let's have a conversation here. What right. does it mean? How do you define your sex and your gender? And she said, I'm a female homosexual born female. And I went, well, that's interesting. Okay. I, I think you're sort of stretching the definition a little bit here, but okay. Two years later, she transitioned. And she's <laughs> now a very happy trans man, right. okay? Right. He's very happy the way he is. Right. And it's sort of like that was the progress. That was the path he had to right. take. Right. And getting there was very complicated because right. you're part of a community. You don't want to offend that community. Back in the aughts, when I was working on relationship recognition and on the school board here in Montgomery County, there was one guy who was the leader of the right wing, one of the leaders of the right wing group, Wayne Throckmorton, who was very intelligent. Oh, guy. I know that very, name. Yeah. Okay. Very nice guy. Yeah. And he would tell us privately that, right. you know, I really agree with what you're doing, huh. but because I'm part of this church community and part of this you know, political community, yeah. I have to do, this is my job. I had like a lawyer yeah. saying, I have to defend Donald Trump 
because I'm a lawyer and I'm getting paid. Of course, they're not getting right. paid, but whatever. Yeah. So exactly. That's the job. And that's sort of what happened with Blankenship at Prop 8, where, you know, he was this right wing lunatic and he had to go to court and speak under oath. And he went, you know, maybe you guys are right. I think I'm going to join your team now. Right. So but we had that relationship. But he told us, he explained to us that the peer group pressure was intense. So if you're a you are a lesbian woman in 2008 or something, it would have been really hard for you to accept yourself as a trans man. And come out to your partners and to your okay. community and then take that step. Right. And because of all the work that you and I have done over the past 25 years, roughly, where right. it's been a nationalized thing, we really changed the world so people like that could do it right. and come to peace with themselves. Right. And I think you're going to see that with non-binary people because in the past, past being like four years ago, three years ago, <laughs> it was, I want you to use they. And if you don't use they, then you're a bigot. And I'm going to call you he and stuff. How could you do yeah. that to me, Dana? How could you not be understand? And I would go because you're being provocative and arbitrary. Right. You didn't ask me if this was okay. You didn't sit down. We didn't have a convening. The trans community didn't get together and ask, do we want to welcome non-binary people in? Is it going to change oh, our mission? Is it going to change our, our yeah. understanding of ourselves? Because they're two totally different phenomena. Oh, we didn't do that, and it just sort of evolved organically. See, and, and this is my to... this is my issue with adding all the different letters onto LGBTQ, plus, blah blah blah. And it is a problem because it becomes a yeah. mouthful, and people don't understand. Well, but it. also, who voted to let to let ten more communities into our group as equivalent? I just well, nobody's. There's no king or queen you know, here, so that's why. No, yeah, but it, but it's but it's just like Latin X. It is done by fiat, and that's my problem. I know, and that I've seen and it doesn't help. Politically, most Latinx yeah. people don't know what the fuck it is. Two percent, two to three percent of Latinos use Latinx. I know a lot of Latinos who go, "What?" A friend of mine was at a meeting and he got pissed that somebody even used the term. He was like, "I'm not Latin." Somebody referred to him as Latinx. He goes, "I'm not Latinx. I'm Latino. I'm Hispanic. My family's Mexican." I mean, and and on LGBT stuff, we've had the same thing. But there that's people, why it's, it's become just, queer. Oh. But John, that's why our queer. Yeah, but queer, but Q has evolved, so okay, we don't need the alphabets. But, but let me tell you my problem with queer, real quick. And Cliff, you'll oh, appreciate I know, this too. I get it. I no, 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 no. I don't think you do get it because this is something very particular in the last couple of days. HRC, Human Rights Campaign, not Hillary Clinton. We love both. Uh, you know, one of the, the biggest LGBT rights groups. HRC puts out a press release congratulating Corinne Jean Pierre. And this other woman whose name I can't remember starts with a W, maybe. I, I never knew. Oh, no. Paul Polar? I don't know. I don't know who the, I didn't know. I wasn't even familiar with who the other the person was. The key about Corinne Jean Pierre, though, is that she's a SEPA grad. There you go. Sorry, that was um, my, I went, that was my grad school. So I had to be but, proud of her. No, but, but it was, so Corinne Jean Pierre, uh, you guys would have seen her on CNN a lot. Uh, sure, of course. Former, uh, yeah, we all know who she, we know she is. Well, yeah. no, for the audience, for the audience, right. though. She, oh, she slammed that, that person who came up during the debate. You know, to protect, oh, I didn't remember. Uh, She's amazing. Kamala Harris yeah. from but the, beautiful black woman, uh, uh, Haitian background, Haitian I believe. Background. Brilliant, incredibly well spoken. I mean, so that it's not surprised. She's, I believe, now going to be the deputy press secretary for Biden. Right. I mean, like like Jem Psaki, who's the press secretary, right. so well spoken on TV. I wish I spoke English like she does. So amazing. So anyway, HRC puts out the release and says. Congratulations, two queer women of color. And there wasn't any more detail in the release. Now, 
I only learned a couple of weeks ago that Kareen was lesbian. I had no fucking clue she was lesbian, period, which means a lot of Americans don't know that either. The other person, I don't even know who they are. They could be bi, they could be trans, they could be one of these other categories getting added onto the list now. I have no idea. And what bothers me is by calling them queer women of color, you have inned them in terms of their visibility for the community. Because, and I use trans as an example, even though I'm not trans, if, because I because I think for you guys, there's less visibility than for us right now. I'm gay, certainly, right. right? If I'm a young trans person and I see a lesbian out there, that's great. That is not trans visibility. That is not telling me trans is okay because there's a lesbian there. That's great that there's a lesbian there, but for us to say that queer is this overarching thing and now we have no idea if those two women are gay, trans, or what, that you have lost an aspect of visibility for those subsets of the community, bisexual, whatever. And I think You're that right. really sucks. No, I, I agree with you. And I've heard a lot of That's that what my gay me. friends yeah. who go, you know, what what happened to gay, right? Yeah. And the lesbians are complaining what happened to lesbian. And oh, I, I had a niece, by the way, I had a niece that came out to me last Christmas, this Christmas that was safe. And she came out to me, she goes, oh, Uncle John, I didn't tell you, I'm queer. And literally I kind of went, okay, what do you mean? <laughs> and she goes, well, oh, I'm bi. And I said, oh, okay. But but even that discussion, I went, I don't know what that means. Well, it's like I'm telling you, the younger, the Gen yeah, yeah. Zs and stuff use queer as a catch-all because yeah, they don't yeah. want to be too defined by it. And, you know, okay, if that's how it's evolving. Part of the problem, yeah. say that people complain about non-binary is if you do eradicate, you erase the gender binary, there are no more gay people, right? And there are no more trans people. Right. Because you have to transition from one sex to another, right. Right. or you have to have sex with somebody of the same sex. And if there are no sexes and there's no gender, then that all disappears. And a lot of people, right. like you just explained, go, why are you erasing my life? I, I spent my entire life fighting for these rights, and now you're just taking an eraser. My like, life experience no longer matters, no which, longer is, which is a real buzzword on the, on the woke left. Life ex Don't you deny my life experience. Well, yeah. look, you know, yeah. it, one of the ironies is, I mean, the two post-structuralist theories that are prominent in academia now are critical race theory and queer theory, right? Yeah. And the whole non-binary non comes from queer theory and intersectionality comes from critical race theory, although intersectionality is just like Cliff and I being, you know, perceived white, Jewish. It's obvious. You know, he's straight on. But it's obvious. I'm, I'm gay. He's cis. Yeah. I'm trans. Whatever. But yeah. it's been we all twisted know what it and is. manipulated, right? Yeah. And that that that's a problem for a lot of people. Hmm. Some some of this stuff. You're right. It, it gets confusing. And I, I one thing that really triggered Andrew when I was talking to him. It goes. <laughs> some people say I I'm an LGBT LGBT person. And he goes, How the hell can I be an LGBT? <laughs> person and people use that at least yeah. hrc said yeah. queer what if yeah. they said congratulations to the two lgbt persons in the biden administration yeah you can't be an lgbt person you can't be lesbian and gay right. and bi and trans right, right. that's a lot of stuff and yeah i'm lbt but i can't be gay I guess if you're non-binary you could be or, lesbian and gay maybe i don't know but it's yeah I, no, but it doesn't yeah. mean anything. It loses its meaning yes. and such. Yes. And so the language gets... So now, as a scientist, I would say to you, if non-binary is part of the trans community, and I was trying to do research on trans people, and I invited non-binary people in, I wouldn't be able to make any sense out of whatever data came out of my experiment. Right. right. 
because they're two totally different concepts. Right. Not that yep. one concept is better than the others or more right. real Wait, or more so, valid. It's just different. So and did J.K. Rowling fuck getting, up or what? Did J.K. Rowling uh, screw up or what? Well, her problem is she sort of outed herself. In the sense? So in her comment that sex is real, she was referring to another woman whose contract wasn't renewed because she had said something like sex is real in the context of trans. This is okay. the problem. And Rawlings said, of course, sex is real. And I agreed. I said, so what's the big fuss here about this? Right. And then like three weeks later, she wrote a manifesto. Well, I think she called it a manifesto, literally. Yeah, I read that. It was, it was long. Explaining what she meant by all right. of that. And she came out as a turf. She basically came out as a trans oh, okay. okay, that she doesn't- Even though okay. she had been tweeting, I love trans people, Trans right. women should be able to do whatever this, this, and that. Right. And then she comes out and she's spewing all the crap that the right wing has been spewing at trans people, like I described to you earlier okay. about the desistance that, you know, trans girls are going to go back to being cis boys. And so we shouldn't allow them to go on puberty blockers, <clears throat> yada, 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 yada. Right. So I'd like to believe, and this is my optimistic side, that she believes all that because she doesn't know any better. And my argument to people right. on my side was, rather than just deplatforming her, condemning her, not buying right. her books or whatever, right. and I will say that my younger son actually developed a love of reading thanks to Harry Potter, right. and so I I owe her something. Right. I would love to debate her. Right. Or educate her privately. With her, you could wipe the floor with. Her. I How mean, about educate her privately, even better. Yeah. No. But whatever. Yeah. Don't be afraid of this, people. We've won. We have the science on our side. We have history on our side. We have the Declaration of Independence and Freedom and Equality on our side. Don't let these people beat you down. Stop complaining about this. Stand up and go, no, you're wrong. Let me explain to you why you're wrong. Right. I think somebody like that can be brought along and educated. I don't think, I think it's there's a good hard. chance. I suspect. No, I mean, that's, that's where Twitter becomes a problem because everybody's right, just. Can, 240 well, well, characters. How do you explain this? Well, stuff? that's part of it. It's also the, all the people on Twitter who assume that anytime it's, you say anything, it's yeah. meant in bad faith. Now, it's sometimes with some exactly. people it may be, but often it's not. Well, no, but or I think they, they come from by association. Faith. If you sign the Harper's letter, yep. three trans women signed it, and two of them oh. basically recanted because oh, they saw that Rawling was on there late. Oh, God. Well, yeah, but they, that whole thing, I mean, they were, Gloria Steinem was on that letter. I was like, people, <laughs> Gloria Steinem is not a sellout. I got news for you. You're here today because of Gloria Steinem. We're all here today because of Gloria Steinem. And Gloria like, Steinem came a long way on trans issues. She was a bit bigoted yeah. early on, but she well, learned somebody talked to her. got to educate people on all our issues. Look, Barney, Barney, Frank was, Barney was not an ally. Barney had to be educated. But it everybody took me does. and others four years yeah. to get him on board. Yeah. But we did. And yeah. you know, well, I, and I think that that is I get a lot more satisfaction out of flipping somebody like that than somebody yeah. who was there. Right. Me. And I think people take take things, and I get it. If it's your identity, who you are, the core of what you know makes you you. I'm not talking about you specifically. One, right. <clears throat> why people take it personally, and then they get into this war sort of footing. But what people have to understand is when you're working on any political issue. You know, and I we get this. I get this all the time. You know, and of course, Twitter, places like that. When I say, you know, the, the classic example, this guy who was voting implementation guy, Gabriel Sperling, Sterling, whatever, yeah, who spoke out the other day. And, uh, like yeah. we need, you know, and and of course, you expect it when you say this is what needs to be said. And this person, oh, the has guy more in courage. the Republican in yes. Georgia who spoke out and, about Trump exactly. inciting and, violence, and the, right? 
Yes. And that in saying this guy has more courage. I think I picked a couple senators, the one from this state, you know, big, big uh, coward, Rob uh, Portman, Portman and right. Marco Rubio and, and all these cowards put together. And here's this guy who doesn't have a national profile and is still willing to come out and say it. And you expect you're going to get some of those attacks from people on the left who are like, I don't care. They're all evil. He was a Republican. He was OK with Trump until now. And, blah, 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 blah. and you, you try to explain to them. You have to take the personal away from it and say, if you want to win on some level, you need to be able to accept allies when they come to you and say, OK, this person wasn't perfect and whatever. And I have to judge like everybody else. If, if, if somebody has done a lot of damage and they, they're now sort of weakly supporting you, maybe that isn't enough. But in his case, when you give a statement like that, you know, you, to me, that's something that we need on our side. And I feel like a lot of people come to issues no matter what they are with. Anybody who's now, you know, is now saying the right thing. Well, I mean, you know, you put it in the wrong language or you weren't right. there two years ago or you, you know, and they just find a way to attack. And, you know, as opposed to trying to convert people, trying to bring them over, you know, right. and it's 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 insanity. Remember it's not the way anonymous? you went. Remember Anonymous who finally came yeah. out, outed himself? Yeah. Yeah. He's in hiding because of the death threats. Oh, is he now? Right. Yeah. Krebs. The head of the cybersecurity yeah. election. Yeah, they threatened him. They threatened his him. The Genoa called for him to be shot. Who's a former prosecutor. Yeah. Right. Right. This is a guy who hasn't been disbarred. Why hasn't he been disbarred? That's a hell There's of a no question. no accountability. Yeah. This is the problem. Yeah. But the bigger picture here of what you're saying is there used to be left versus right. Today, it's up versus down. And I find that I have a lot more in common with never Trumpers who are at least willing to stand up for the real fundamental basic values of this country, the foundational values, right. freedom and equality and all of that, the rule of law, election, mm -hmm. you know, the stuff we always took for granted. I'm, I'd love to argue, I'm willing to argue about religious exemptions in the Equality Act. I don't think right. that's something that I, I would fear. I mean, there's always been a clash between religious freedom and equality in America. It's built in. It's not a bug. It is. It's, it's you know, this is a, this is what it the system is like. And I took a class of, from a professor at Harvard Law who explained this and said, guys, well, don't get all bent out of shape because people want religious exemptions. This is America. They're the it's funny that you said what you said because you know John and I have had a number of, of never Trumpers or you know, breakaway Republicans or whatever you want to call them on the show. And what's hilarious is that John's friends with David Frum. And yeah, I David, mean, David who is, I think is a perfectly thought. fine guy, but I don't happen to have a personal relationship with him. And a bunch of these left wing nuts uh, yeah. grab that and they still come after me for like, hey, if you're having dinner tonight with David Frum again, and, you know, and I always tell them I am. I usually, you know, I usually link to him and say, where are we going tonight? You know, just to have fun with it. But what I mean, <laughs> yeah. it's, you know, it's it's that kind of sort of attitude of, of you know, here's David Frum now, whatever, you know, and you can make lots of arguments for his past positions. But, you know, the guy has said he was wrong in Iraq. He's out there right now making arguments for numerous issues we care about, gay rights and gun safety yep. and choice and immigration. I mean, it's sort of like, are you insane? You don't want someone like that making those arguments for you? Right. I mean, it's like the even better example than David Frum, who's pretty sort of straight laced and stuff, is Bill Crystal, who's been on like with Ari Melber and some some rappers right. and stuff, and their buddies now. And Bill Crystal oh, goes God. one day he tweets, you know, I think I've become a liberal feminist. He's following me on Twitter. Yeah. I and noticed I the other day, and I went, Bill and Crystal, thinking, let's yeah. embrace these people, right? Yeah, no, no, it's weird though. Bill Crystal, especially. I mean, if you, if you care about yeah. democracy and you care yeah. about the rule of law and these types of things, as you said, all of our, our the principles that we haven't always <laughs> followed. 
and you don't uh, just care about settling scores and trying to call somebody a name because you didn't like something they did 10 years ago. That's what, you know, that's the problem that I stand with the former, not the latter. Should we have Bill oh, Crystallon and really freak people out, Cliff? I'd love to. <laughs> the historical analogy to this is in, in the 30s in Germany, uh, everybody jumped on the Nazi bandwagon. But yep. in the occupied countries, everybody, socialists, unionists, communists, capitalists, monarchists, they all united to fight the Nazis, right? Or the Vichy government, right. or whatever it might be in whatever occupied territory it was. You, those people had to put their differences aside to fight the bigger problem. What America Thank you for is that. an external because enemy again, right? I've made, that, I've made that argument, that exact argument on this show, yep. you know, which is that the, when people come after them, I'm like, do you not understand that, that, that what happened in Germany is that they, that they failed to unite? That the socialists, a lot of the socialists and communists decided that it would be better to have a, a buffoon like Hitler because he would discredit you know, capitalism. Right. And so they were like, let's let him go, as opposed to everybody from the sort of center-right left to the left, far left, coming together and saying this needs to be stopped. And you that's know? not and, happening here because the, whatever right. those former Republicans are, they're going along with it. And that's why this country is at great risk because right. the next time the clownish Mussolini type will be more of, hit, of a Hitlerian, a that's Ted Cruz or a Josh That's Hall. what we always talk about and smarter and better at yeah. what he does. They yeah. will have learned from this experience on how to corrupt legislators yeah. and, and all the rest. Yeah. And if Biden, if Biden doesn't take this seriously, not Biden per se, but if his attorney general doesn't yeah. take this seriously, we're doomed. And they're going to they're going to be back. They're going to be back in four years. These well, the, but the DOJ, and that's the truth, is they have to take you it know? seriously because if there aren't prosecutions, then the incentive structure is I can do anything, which is what these guys yeah. think now. That's yeah. right. And so that's where it has to change. So, I, I mean, I'm just hoping, and I will say based on the, the feedback I've gotten from my talk with Andrew, I was not trying to reach people on my side of the aisle. I was trying to reach right. the open-minded center, center-right people. Right. And by the way, Dana's talking that she did a, a two-hour interview on Andrew Sullivan's podcast the other day. That's what she's referring to. Right. right. And yeah. so most of the feedback on that is, wow, I had no idea. There you go. Thanks yep. for enlightening me. Thanks yep. for having a civil conversation. Yep. I haven't heard a civil conversation on sex and gender in like forever. Yeah. If we did more of that, we'd be better off. It's those conversations that, as I said, got yep. us to this point today. We wouldn't be here today if we hadn't had those conversations with well, our families, our friends. And I want to say quickly before we, you know, it's been two hours. We've got to well, wrap up. Been, and actually, my phone is down to about 7%. <laughs> I'm probably going to die. Okay. But right. I do want to say, Dana, I can actually think of, I'd love to talk to you off air and reach out to you because I can think of an opportunity um, for you to help educate in, in a form exactly like that where you'll reach middle of the road and people like that. And so if it's okay, I, oh, yeah. I'm going to reach out through sure. John. and see. Yeah, right. I know what Cliff's talking about. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Yep. But... Yeah. Um, during Hanukkah, if you want, after Hanukkah, I don't know. Well, whenever, yeah, exactly. Whenever you can and make some, that's right, we're about, we're almost there. I guess it's the 10th. It's a um, week. Yeah, okay. yeah, but so, I want to, yeah, yeah. go ahead, John. I'm just, no, just no, so I say. I, go ahead, Clark. I was going to say, and then, and then Dana is, wrap up. My phone up. is on yeah. fumes at this point. Yeah, so Dana, why don't you wrap, why don't you wrap this up? Any closing thoughts? And then we're going to go. Well, my closing thoughts would be that evolution is a good thing. It may be happening a little too rapidly for some of us, you know, grandparents and stuff. But it's a good thing. But in so doing, we need to be clear about what we're speaking. 
so we can make sure we get on the same page, we understand one another, we can do the research that we need to do in order to help advance our community and our country. And we should not be afraid to discuss these issues just because they might offend somebody in the moment. We need all to develop a thicker skin. We used to have that 20 years ago when there were few of us that were out. I remember in DC at the uh, 2003 Trans Day of Remembrance, there were like 30 out trans activists in this region. Hmm. Today, there are many more. Right. And you'd think that would be better, but people seem to be a lot more fragile today than we were then. I guess we couldn't afford to be fragile. Those who were fragile didn't make it. Today, you can be fragile because you're in a community. But that's not, at least for my generation, that's not what transition has been about. Transition right. has been about to to live your authentic life in the world. Coming it wasn't out to become a third right. gender or a third sex. It wasn't right. to just live within a trans community or whatever. It was to simply continue doing what you were doing, what you went to school to do, or what you hope to do in your profession or your, your business or with your family as the person you are. Right. And I think that's been true for the gay community. And I hope that will be true for non-binary people and genderqueer people and such in the future. You know, be your full self like the old army thing, be all you can be. And, and so, but, but be all of that because the world is wonderful out there. There's a lot of stuff to do. You can become an astronaut. Just imagine being the first trans astronaut. Or there you go. We're going back to that thing. Yeah. And you know, now you can be like John Glenn showed 77 years old. You can be a US Senator and be an astronaut. They're gonna need people to take that. Elon Musk, didn't he want a one-way mission to Mars? So you wanted a bunch of old people to, to be that crew? I mean, I'd be willing to do that. Why not, right? One-way ticket to Mars, be the first trans person on Mars. That would be- But they have good streaming TV there. That's the important thing to me. Well, that's what matters, right? Because he's got his his convertible that's flying out towards the sun right. or something like that. I mean, that's I gotta like, have, yeah, my, yeah, I gotta have yeah, you know, yeah. Ozark and, and things like that to watch. That's right. I can't, I can't do it. Especially now. I mean, you do need that or you'd be dying, right? That's so, what I'm saying. All right, Star Dana. Trek Discovery yep. still has episodes oh, to go. Okay, so I, I just hope that, uh, yeah, tonight, today's a new one. I haven't watched yeah. it. Uh, it's nice to see that Spock's efforts to reunify the Romulans. Hey, hey, hey stop. No. I, I'm not caught up with this year yet. Don't go there. Okay, sorry, spoiler alert. <laughs> Do not spoil this. <laughs> stop it. But that's okay. just Spock's another good Jewish boy who did the right thing and that's stuck right. to it over his 250-year lifespan or whatever and, you know, got the job done. We've been fortunate, as Both I said. Both Captain earlier. Kirk and Spock were Jewish. It was pretty that's cool. That's right. Of course. I, I think, like, that... I didn't know that till the Adam Sandler song. Hmm. Well, of course, not for Hanukkah and stuff. But, you know, you had a black woman, you had a gay man, you had a Russian, right, on the bridge right. back in the 60s. I mean, yeah. The yeah. breakthrough stuff. And, you know, life is better that way. I've been around the world plenty of times. It's much more interesting to engage with other cultures. That's the key, what I try to say to people. Right? We should all want diversity and whatever, because it's the most interesting thing in the world. You know, I always want to be around a wide variety of people. Right. Somebody made the comment that wars were God's way of introducing Americans to geography. <laughs> it's <laughs> true. That's funny. funny. What, what the hell is Vietnam? Where that's is funny. Korea? Right? But Find Crimea on a map. Yeah. Right. It's oh, the look, Iraq. It's in the Middle East. Right. It's, yeah. it's our, this is why Iraq happened, because nobody knew where it was or what it was about. They had no clue. There's so, a sad truth to all of this. <laughs> yeah, and it's right. that lack of exposure to different cultures 
that's really at the core of this. The fear right, and anxiety gotta, that people feel. We've right? got to wrap up or Cliff's going to disappear on us. <laughs> and mean, it's been two hours. I've got to edit this. <laughs> all right, Dana, I suspect we'll have you back because there's, I didn't even get, I wanted to get into all of these, like the hot button issues like sports and everything else, but not now because people are going to be exhausted. So, Well, at least sports is a hot button issue and not bathrooms anymore. So, you know, there's yeah, true. Well, they're trying. Good point. They're trying on the right, but, you know, we'll see. Uh, it's sports and we can we can work that out. It's complicated, but uh, yeah. All and right. that brings intersex into the trans stuff. Cause oh, God. Just not, not, not again. Well, we right. can tell you, we're <laughs> definitely having a round two of this sometimes. <laughs> okay. We're going to have to have round two. Very All good. right. Thanks, Tyson James. Versus whatever, round two. That's exactly. Yeah. Great meeting you, Dana. And thank right. you for being here. Thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. But that was great. Oh, that was amazing. I told you she's good. Well, that's I mean, the key. Is that this it, is like Malcolm exhausted. I, it is, I, but I, that's the point is that she is needed, frankly, because it's having that yeah. inviting, open personality yeah. that makes it so easy to talk about. I, I told you before the show, I was scared that I was going to be boxed in and be scared to say things and whatever because right. I don't want to and, and she is so inviting yeah. and so obviously not going to get offended by oh the rest know. of Twitter may still be pissed at us for this whole interview but at least but, Dana's and, I don't care about them I care much more yeah. about no she's amazing you know. yep yep all right so, guys uh it's Thursday okay it's Thursday all right so then we'll be back next week we've got lots of requests out to people one already said yes, so we'll probably have him next week. Uh, Bill Shearer yep. will be back. And then we got requests. I actually, I had asked Nia Vardalos to come on, who's my Twitter friend. She is uh, working on several movies, and because of COVID and everything else, she said, how about in the spring or the summer when her movies come out, and she's I mean, great. And then she said she could be much more relaxed and fun. She's and we have a, I've fun got right a good now. half dozen folks so. I asked, including one or two actors, I won't say now because it's not confirmed, yep. who you've all met, and, or not met, but have seen on various things and and i think we have a good shot at them okay so. good all right guys then um we're signing off right now and we will see you next week thanks for being here as always guys have a great weekend May. and now a word from our sponsors the holiday season is one time of year we all get to indulge in our favorite traditions and feel like a kid again no matter what you celebrate everybody shares in the spirit of giving whether it's giving gifts to our favorite people or spreading cheer to everybody around you this year Give yourself and the ones you love an opportunity to look as young as the season makes you feel, John, with Plexiderm. Plexiderm is a clinically studied serum that gives your appearance the right kind of changes. Visibly reduces wrinkles, fine lines, and even under eye bags in minutes. Plexiderm even works on laugh lines, number 11s, and crow's feet. Take up to 10 years off your appearance in less than 10 minutes. The results will last for hours, so you can relax, surrounded by loved ones, knowing you're always looking your best. Even better, Plexiderm doesn't involve any visits to a surgeon, and it's cheaper than a round of hot cocos for you and the ones you love. You can try a six-application trial pack for just $14.95 with free shipping when you visit buyplx.com backslash sexyliberal or call 800-685-1292 and say the code sexyliberal. This order also comes with free shipping and a 30-day money-back guarantee. Make those wrinkles, fine lines, and under-eye bags disappear with Plexiderm. Visit buiplx.com backslash sexyliberal or call 800-685-1292 and say the code sexyliberal at checkout.